Pod. And by that, I mean on Wednesdays, we read. I'm Hannah. I'm Laura. And we are two best friends who are doing a deep dive into a book series, one book at a time. Right now, we are shiting on the Wheel of Time, reading the third book of the Robert Jordan series in the Wheel of Time. So Dragon Reborn. The Dragon Reborn. And boy, do they say that a lot. Uh, (laughs) It's said a lot throughout. So I mean, he has been reborn, but Rand still isn't sure, even though the end of the last book said, I am the Dragon Reborn. Uh, But we'll get into that pretty soon. Laura, what are you reading, watching, and or enjoying? Basically, this week, I only read The Dragon Reborn. That's fair. So I thought I'd just bring up a couple of books that I read somewhat recently i read them like the end of last year the beginning of this year and that's bear town by frederick bachman and anxious people by frederick bachman laura has a huge major crush on frederick bachman's books love his writing so much and i just thought both of those books were really great i know people are a little mixed on how they feel about anxious people but Beartown was great. I thought Anxious People was great. I loved A Man Called Uva. So A Man Called Uva is so cute. I did read that book. I own Anxious People. I haven't read it yet. It does look like the most mainstream of his books. Like Mm -hmm, the other two seem almost like a different dissection, but this one Mm -hmm. seems a a little more mainstream. So I could understand why people who love his other work see it in like a little bit of a mixed way. Sure. Yeah. And I also have Brit Marie was here on Scrib, but I haven't read that one yet. I'm told that it's very similar to a man called uva only it's like a grandmother i think that that's true from what i know so they have similar covers yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean it sounds like he's growing as an author and he's trying different things which is always good and sometimes people just hold an author to like the same standard and it's Mm -hmm. like if your author if your favorite author wrote every book like the one he wrote before he would be in fact nicholas sparks Sure. That man, <laughs> sorry, he cannot write a unique novel to save his life. But like, yeah, people just let writers do challenging things. Don't sure. force them into a pigeonhole where now they can only write like they love each write... other. Yeah, but someone, someone, or and or something becomes between them, and one of them is sad because they lost a loved one before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the right. end, they fix it, and it's beautiful. No, don't they make you. out in the rain. Oh God. I remember watching the notebook as a child and lying to my cousins that I thought it was as romantic as they thought it was because I wanted to fit in. I think true story. The movie was good, but I could not get through the book. I did not finish it. Did read the book and I also read the sequel to it, and both of them were not good. Uh, yeah I, I was not a Nicholas Sparks fan I tried because like I, high school I tried because of reading. that book or because of that movie and then right. I could not finish that so I never tried any other ones of his books. I do frequently read the Wikipedia synopses on what happens in a Nick- Nicholas Sparks movie <laughs> I realized I had to stop reading them I think I read two of his and then I read one called a bend in the road and in 20 pages I knew what was going to happen. Like, I just knew I was like, oh, her brother, like it's spoilers for a bend in the road, jump a minute, I guess. But like, it starts with his wife had been died in a hit and run like two years prior. And then this woman comes to town and her brother has been depressed for two years. Well, guess what's going to happen? The brother was definitely the cause of the hit and run. So that is the event that kept them apart. Her brother murdered his wife on accident. And within 20 pages, I knew exactly what was going to happen. So I flipped to the end. That's always I was the right. worst when you can call it 
and that early, like I did not read enough to know Mm -hmm. it was very stupid. So then I was like, Oh, I don't like him as an author. I don't have to read him anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, but I'm glad you liked anxious people because it shows like you can grow. I loved it. Oh, good. I can't wait to read it. I I love all of Frederick Bachman's stuff that I've read so far. So I've I've just read those three, but all of them are great. Highly recommend. That's good to know. Are you watching anything? I've been watching a lot of new girl. I mean, still, I I watched recently the episode where Winston was kind of uh, he had a rival in his future girlfriend Allie's boyfriend, and it was just so funny because the boyfriend was a agent an agent for cats. Yes, and Ferguson had to audition and everything and. I think it's a little funny how they portray Ferguson as being like just a normal cat. And it's like, he is so abnormal. Like nobody has a cat that looks like that. I actually have a friend who has a cat who looks like that. Really? With the smush face. Yeah. Oh my gosh. His name is Michelangelo. Oh my gosh. And I, I want to squeeze in because they're so cat. cute. I know. I am not a huge cat person. And one day I, I was cats. like, in law, it was a law school friend. And when I was talking to someone and I was like, I actually would own that cat. Like I want They're Michelangelo so as a cat. He is so cute with his smushed up face. <laughs> yeah. Like Persians yes. and Himalayans with their flat faces. Oh my gosh. Love them. No, he, I know a person who has a cat like that. So. Okay. I, well, I, I guess I'm eating my words then. Cause I, was just like nobody has a cat like that and they're acting like he's just some run-of-the-mill cat that you can just find she's like no we discussed this last week how like one of my favorite episodes is when nick goes on the sad person bar crawl and just after that breakup after a breakup and he gets like a huge group of people who are just sad and lonely on valentine's Valentine's day and Cece is like so drunk because she's trying to out drunk Nick Miller. I'm gonna drink. And uh-huh. she like gets this like low voice and she's like, I'm out drinking Nick Miller. <laughs> um Schmidt says something to her and she goes, Let's murder him. And he goes, Cece, you are hammered. Like, without a doubt, one of the funniest lines uh-huh. of New Girl that makes me laugh every single time. Is like I, I also really drunk. liked the episode where this was I've obviously watched a lot of these episodes, but um it was they moved into their house, Schmidt and Cece did, and then all of Allie's family came over and visited, and then they were dealing with how to, like, keep all of their friends out because they just kept, like, coming in all these different entrances and everything, and then Schmidt ended up locking both of them out. It was just so funny. <laughs> and he had to go through the chimney to get back oh in. Oh, my God. Such a good job. He's, Max Greenfield is just a really good actor, so he's just, like, so over the top I about recently- everything, but it just fits. It's just perfect. I recently saw that like the whole thing about him throwing his coffee grounds into a little baggie and then throwing them into the trash so that it wouldn't make his trash dirty is actually a Max Greenfield thing. Oh, like, really? He does that. And so he told people they put it in the show. And oh so, my like, gosh. In that episode, <laughs> coach like picks something out of garbage and he's like, what is this? And he's like, it's my coffee ground. So my trash doesn't get dirty. And Cece's like, yeah, he does that. <laughs> it's just, like, it's oh an actual gosh. real life thing. I did not realize that. Well, and he also realized that Jake Johnson in real life hates being touched. So that's why Schmidt is so touchy-feely because he just like messing with Jake Johnson and touching him when he was like, why do you keep touching me? So so I'm apparently a lot like Jake Johnson then. I mean, <laughs> I feel I very uncomfortable when people get my bubbles, so I can totally relate to him. What are you reading right now? 
Uh, I had a book club book that I did not finish, but I did go to the book club called Searching for Sylvie Lee. It's pretty okay. good. I mean, I would say it's a book club book. Like, it's okay. easy to read. I could have heard gotten, of it. I was trying to read it at the same time as The Dragon Reborn. So I just didn't get around to finishing it because I had a friend over on Wednesday instead. And it was a whole mess. But it's about like a th- like the beginning of the story is like Sylvie Lee goes missing and her sister um, didn't realize it. And she's been missing for a week. Mm-hmm. And you find out that like when Sylvie was a baby, her parents sent her over to the Netherlands to live with like their cousins um, because they couldn't afford to keep her in New York. They're all Chinese immigrants. And like one was very rich and the rest were poor. So they like sent for her because um, the woman in America, her grandmother was the caretaker of the cousin's baby. Mm -hmm. And they like wanted, like the mom kind of says they wanted it because they didn't want her to come over to us to help me raise my baby Mm -hmm. since it's my mom. And then you find out she like lived there for nine years. She was over in the Netherlands and then she was like forced to come back to America. She felt very isolated and like estranged from her family because her little sister didn't have to have that happen to her. So she feels like the little sister was loved more. Um, She was always like a picture perfect child. And then she goes over back to the Netherlands because her grandma's dying. And like, you find out there's a whole lot of family secrets going on. And it's, and it's like from the perspective of Sylvie two months before her disappearance and then her sister's experience in present day. So overall, and like you get to see other people's perspective as well, but like not as much as those two, I would say they are the main characters of the novel. Um, And it's a wild ending, apparently found it out in Mm -hmm. book club. I'm still going to finish it because like, I want to read how that. (laughs) Sometimes even if you have spoilers, it's kind of nice just to read it yourself right to have that experience when I'm kind of a completionist like unless I really hate a novel I'm mm-hmm. gonna finish it like if it's mm-hmm. fine that's whatever I'll, I'll finish it sometimes it's easier to read like a fine more novel. willpower than I do like sometimes if I just like do not like the book within the first few chapters I'm like okay done well I also like skim if I'm like if I'm into it I, I'm just like whatever I'll finish it and, like I'll just mm-hmm. fast read it like I'm not gonna like dissect it like we're doing with the dragon sure, reborn sure, sure. you, you know, don't have no greatest novel anything. alive no um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the one we've liked so far the most like i can say that yeah, yeah uh and then as i said last week i read the beautiful ones by the author of mm-hmm. mexican gothic um it was also fine like it's a pure romance novel okay um i didn't love the ending because i thought like they had a really good theme about someone being bitter towards another person because that person like the first person is bitter because they had to make choices in life to like protect their family and to like not soil their family's reputation and everything was weighing on them and then they hate this other character who kind of just goes about life like willy-nilly without trying Mm -hmm. or and without any of the stress that that person has and I was like this is interesting as like two characters in a love Mm -hmm. triangle where two of them have conflict this way sure and then in the end, they kind of just make her a terrible person. And I was like, uh, you guys had, like, you had something so unique. And then you just, like, made yeah. her a villain. And I, I just want to like characters. And it's frustrating when it's like, you took everything that was interesting about this character and just, like, mm-hmm. made it the opposite. And that's, that stinks. That stinks. Yeah. And I'm not here for it. Like, I can understand disagreeing with the way, like, you know, she doesn't, mm-hmm. I wish I had the life she had. But, like because I don't have her life, I'm going to make everyone around me miserable. Maybe not the right way to go. No, no, no. That's why I loved the Lux series. I thought that was like a YA novel series that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. I felt like even then the villain like did a lot of crazy messed up stuff, but then they humanized her in the end. And it's sure. like, that works better than villainizing a person you were kind of understanding of in the first mm-hmm. place. 
uh, it's a good book. And if people like Mexican Gothic, I wouldn't like deter them from reading this. It is not the same genre as Mexican Gothic, but mm-hmm. like we were saying, well, um, Bachman, you should be able to write whatever book you want and have right. people buy into exactly. it. Um, as for TV shows, I haven't really watched anything lately. Oh, I did. Wait, no, I did start watching Cruel Summer on ABC Family because I thought it was three episodes and then it turned into eight. And I'm not sure I care enough about that TV series to watch eight I've episodes. Never heard of that. I would not recommend it. It's just like, well, I guess I would recommend it if you like this style of show. I don't want to bash anyone's taste. It's a show I'm interested in knowing what happened, but it's like three days from the same character's perspective and in the like over the course of three years and so like it introduces like a 15 year old girl who's super nerdy and out with her friends and then she sees this girl named Kate and then they like break into a house where this guy like it's about to move into and then it like jumps to the a year later and Kate went missing and this girl is now popular and like pretty much has Kate's boyfriend and like Kate's old life pretty much and okay. then they find out that like Kate was actually locked in the basement of the man's house they broke into that one time. Oh, um, and then a year later, very dark. This girl is like the most hated girl in the world because Kate says that she saw her in there and didn't save her. Oh, so it's and then like the next episode's from Kate's perspective. So I watched the first episode and I'm like, this is incredibly interesting, and I'm like interested in knowing what happened. I'm not sure I want to watch eight episodes of this. Like I think I wanted three episodes, and that dark. was it. Yeah. And I think it just gets like, I mean, it's a teen drama. So like mm-hmm. it's a la Riverdale, I think pretty much. Um, and everyone knows I only watched one episode of Riverdale and then I was out. So, you know, did you ever watch Pretty Little Liars? That's what I always think of when I think of ABC Family. I watched season one with two of the sorority girls in our house when we were living to go, uh, mm-hmm. together in the summer in that like mm-hmm. really weird apartment building. Mm-hmm. Um, we would watch Pretty Little Liars together. One That's one of those shows where I feel like it's kind of similar to what you were saying, where you're like, you're interested, but at the same time, you could drop the show at any moment. Yeah, I did not care to finish Pretty Little Liars at any point in time. And Curl Summer, I think, is an interesting premise. I just, I, I think I'm too old for it. I am 30. That's a fair assessment. Maybe I'm too old for this particular show. Could um, be. Yeah, but... Overall, if that sounds interesting, check it out. But I haven't really watched anything else. Um, I've been mostly just listening to The Dragon Reborn because ever, everyone knows I procrastinate and then I have to shove a book into a week so, long. Okay, fun fact. Did you know that the audiobook narrators for the Wheel of Time series are married in real life? No, but that's very sweet. Isn't that so cute? And really, they do a very good job. They do. I, I've been very impressed with the audiobook because... I've been doing audiobook and reading, so I do a mix of both. So usually like at at night when I'm home, uh, I'll read and then I'll listen to the audiobook during the day when I'm at work and stuff and have time. Well, I mean, they're award-winning narrators. Oh yeah, but I didn't realize that they were like married. I I was like, that's very cute. And they do such a good job. And I was just like really surprised by that. That's very cute. I like that. It's Kate reading and I can't remember the other I have it right here. It's Michael Kramer. Michael Kramer, yes. But sometimes audiobook narrators can make or break it for you. That's true. And I've many a times I've gotten an audiobook and I've decided to quit it and just read it myself because I did not like the narrator. Sometimes though, I will say Michael Kramer, like we'll have just gotten a chapter done of like a Queen's voice and like uh-huh. she's 
Kate reads it in a very specific way. And then he'll do a Queen's voice. And I'm like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> that's not the same tone. <laughs> but that's I my only criticism. He like makes land sound. Like, <laughs> land sounds like such an old man. <laughs> Shapoda. Shapoda. Yeah, it's just like he's very, very deep throated. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just sometimes when he's like, a queen, Elaine, you can't be doing it. It's just like, I'm. Uh-huh. I think we could have a little bit of a deeper voice. <laughs> or whenever he, he does Moraine, it's like I, I could it's like almost ASMR where it's like, oh I fall asleep when he's saying this. You do not know what you are talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we do like them. I understand why they're no, they're very winning. good. They're These very are like good. I like nitpicky them a lot. critiques because I've listened to that hours of them <laughs> nobody wants to listen to me read a book so i'm no. just <laughs> I'm, good. I'm saying they're they're doing an excellent job i love them uh, that's amazing <laughs> i was just pointing that. out that they're married and i didn't know that and i thought it was cool no i think that's very cute but yeah other than that i haven't been i did um i'm trying to do like one thing that brings me joy um like booking a vacation in july mm-hmm. to like drive out to the mountains with my dog um and I did the other day, I was like, <laughs> I was dancing to one of Lady Gaga's music CDs, I love Lady like Gaga. the most recent one. There are some bangers on there that like, dan- you can dance to your apartment too. And my roommate walked in and she was like, oh, you had a good day. And I was like, no, I had a panic attack, but it's going great now. Oh. <laughs> and I just danced it out. So Lady Gaga is like a good summer stuff, like her most recent album. I feel like it didn't get a ton of love, but there are some mm-hmm. fun parts on it, like Rain on Me. I think yeah, I listened like to a podcast where on me. they were like, we didn't have enough time with rain on me before the pandemic shut down. Like, <laughs> you needed to hear that in clubs way more than we were able to. Not that I ever go clubbing because trust me, I don't. But I like understood that sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish we had longer with rain on me. Like, but Oh my gosh. That, that's I mean, funny. that's a good album to listen to. It's a, it's a fun oh, yeah, little. I, I have that one. I love it. I feel like you and I are like, pretty good Gaga fans. So oh, I love Lady Gaga. You know who one of the biggest Gaga fans was? My mom. Really? My mom loved Lady Gaga. Whenever she got a new CD, she would be like, could you pick that up for me in the store? <laughs> so she just, all of my I, mom's CDs I'm one of the were Lady few Gaga. That still uses CDs and I have Lady Gaga CDs in my car just because it. my car has a CD player. It's an old car. So I still am on the CD train. I know. I do on Spotify now. Um, but I listen to it on Spotify, so it all worked out. Spotify, where you can listen to on Wednesdays, we read. <laughs> uh, okay, but anything else to add before we get into it? Let's do it. All right, so we are on the third book of the series. Just so much happens in this book series, guys. So bear with us. These are we... all thick books, too. I mean, this was well, like so much happened in this book. pages. So the first thing I want to highlight is this is the first time we barely see Rand at all. And I would say up until this point, he is the, yeah, I know. I think it makes it better. (laughs) So good. Okay. So it was kind of like, why don't we have this book where it's just a bunch of friends who are like all surrounding this main person, but you never get his perspective. This is so much of a better story. Okay. So we both enjoyed this one a lot. I liked this the most out of the three that we've read. It's my favorite so far. This is my favorite so far. And remember last time when we were asked what we wanted? and we said we wanted or i said i wanted a book about perrin you got nine this, and a half chapters i know the first book is your wish fulfillment this this book was the perrin book basically yeah it's a lot of perrin and it i is think so much it makes it so much better perrin it, is one of the characters that 
pretty much everybody likes. Yeah. And his perspective is so interesting. The things surrounding him are so interesting and it makes the book better. And this sounds horrible, but it's so much better when we're not in Rand's perspective all the time. Yes. It is so much less whiny. It's so much more dynamic. And I do think it helps like in Rand's defense, in his mind, like he has to save the world and then die, like, and then go insane. Sure. That has to I be mean, a hard thing. Like at tragic least- and he's got so much going on that right. he's trying to deal with that I I can't imagine, but right. It's but at least with Perrin, Perrin's like, I can fight what's happening to me and I can right. figure this out myself. And I may use my powers, but it's by choice. Right. So he is more dynamic, unfortunately, which is why I'm like, oh God, wouldn't it have been cool if it was just this book where like it's almost like in the West Wing, they had this idea floating around that they would never show the president. They, d- mm-hmm. they didn't go with it, but he would always be like leaving the room. And then it was just about the people behind the scenes, like not the president, but the people working for him. And I'm like, this would have been an excellent way to write this book where Rand right? is just like this guy who everyone is surrounding. We see all of their different perspectives. And then you just like, don't really get to see it. Like you get to see his frustrations in the outward sure, sense, but sure. never his actual, like, I his can't go mad. I can't go mad. Like... I wish Perrin were here. He's yes. good with girls now. Oh my god. But he's like <laughs> in this book, Jordan is playing so much more with like v- more viewpoints around the table and more understanding of characters, incentives, and wishes and dreams. And it's growing and expanding on their story in such a great way mm-hmm. that like it's yeah, better. I, I didn't need an entire book of Rand crossing the country by himself yep. to mm-hmm. get to tear. Did not need yep. it. So glad I didn't have it. Yep. That would have because that's like him in the portal stone of book two yep it went on way too long i didn't care i just wanted to know he got to the end of it like that's a better story so and honestly book two if i was a little nervous after the great hunt because i thought okay if the the next 12 are like this oh my gosh this is going to be very difficult to get through because it was it was honestly kind of a forgettable book for me. Yeah, I I don't know if I could. I, yeah. I finished it and then like two weeks later when we started talking about it, I was like, hmm, I, I don't remember a lot of those. I know. It's crazy. So much happened in this book, but yes. But so we, The Dragon Reborn is much better. So much better. I loved this book. So getting into it, the prologue, we open in yeah. on White Cloaks and you have Niall mm-hmm. and the Fortress of Light and Andor and Jared Byer is coming to like talk to him about what's going on. Niall's like the Lord Mm -hmm. Commander who told people where to go the last book. There's like a picture of Rand showing he's the false dragon. Uh, Mm -hmm. They announce that Jeff from Bornhold was destroyed by Aes Sedai, aided by dark friends. That's what they say, you know, mm-hmm. calling themselves Xian Chen. Byer's convinced it was Perrin's fault because he I knew Perrin from Perrin the last. Perrin was the one that did it. Because Byer hated Perrin in the last book. He was the one who like tried yeah. to murder Perrin. So mm-hmm. he had, and he, I think he saw him in Xian Chen, in the mm-hmm. Xian area while all the fighting was going down. So he's like, I remember that guy. He's awful. Uh, and then they say that like Aiel are in the land, which is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Keridin comes in and he, and like Niall tells him to keep Rand alive. Keridin blames Bornhold for like not going into Talmud, even though in the last book he mm-hmm. told him to back off from that. And Bornhold ended up not listening to him anyway and dying, but still. And then Keridin leaves and Niall contemplates his grand plan. Um, he plans to recreate the nation of Almuth as a like white cloak empire. Yeah. And then squeeze people into like certain areas of land, to, like control them. His long term plan is to like spread his influence so that Tarman Gaidon occurs and he will be the one to lead the forces of the light against the shadow spawn hordes from the blight. Then Ordeath, which means wormwood. So guess who that is? 
spot on Fane, mm-hmm. um, comes in and he says that Perrin, Rand, and Matt are dark friends and Two Rivers is a good place to find dark friends. Then it shifts over to Carradine leaving and all of a sudden a fate is upon him because he is a dark friend. And he tells him to kill Rand and he will lose one relative a month if he fails. For so every, he, or every month that he fails, a member of his family is killed. Yes. and he, But Niall just told him not to kill Rand. So conflict. And then he beats up his servant because he is not a good person. And then, as we said, Laura gets her wish. We get nine and a half chapters of Perrin's point of view. Perrin! Yes! And he's, like, on a mountain. They've been hiding out during the winter months to, like, wait for spring. Mm -hmm. He's hanging out with men. They're, like, down in this little, like, low area in the mountains. And they went to go get someone who Maureen was like, hey, someone's out there waiting for me. And so they go out and they Mm -hmm. get her. She's a tinkerer. Um, Leia. Leia. And they bring her back. She talks to Moraine, talks about how white cloaks are pushing out Tarboners and Damani rather than attack Rand's followers. But three men resembling Rand have been killed, likely by gray men, you know. Uh, And then Min saw Leia and says that Leia will die. And then when you find out that Rand and Maureen have been fighting all the time because Rand is incredibly upset that, like, people are dying in his name, which, fair. 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 And Maureen's That's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah. And Maureen's just like, you have to deal with the guilt of all these men dying because Mm -hmm. there's a greater purpose for you which like oh god that's got to be hard to hear and so at some point he like has sighting run through him and he creates an earthquake um and like leia up a bunch of trees and stuff. yeah and leia got hit in the head and uh, perrin was like please let it be that please don't make her die you know then we find out that perrin is having weird dreams and he sees a man who asks if he will give up his axe then he seems to appear pretty much in like a Rand dream, it sounds like when you're reading it. Because you uh, see a beautiful uh, woman in white who asks if he wants Celine. glory. Oh so gosh. that's got to be Celine. And then he sees like a stone bridge. And then there are two men arguing, one with black hair, one with white. Another man comes in. The man from the inn comes in and they're afraid of him. A ball of fire comes up. He sees a wolf on a ramp. He sees columns and hears the phrase, Colindor. Uh, then a wolf tells him Trollocs are coming. He wakes up and there's a huge battle where, surprise, surprise, Leia dies. Mm-hmm. Perrin kills a fade and like wolves come into battle. All but one of them die. And like he ends up howling and kind of like freaking people out. Uh, Min and Perrin talk to Rand and Rand's like upset because Sidine caused this because the Trollocs were kind of shown this place because of what he did. They're kind of drawn to him. Yeah. And then Perrin is kind of getting worried that he cannot control his wolf side or the wolves like Elias Mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And that's like a huge overarching theme of him in this book. Uh, Controlling the beast within. Yeah. Maureen tries to heal people. She like half heals an injury that Rand had in the last book, like on his Mm -hmm. side. And then Rand runs away and they think it's to tear because of the dream. Like everyone had that dream because you find out that Rand is like so He's projecting his dreams on people, which is Okay, so there's a lot of dream stuff that happens in this book, and I yes. really love it. I I was I was here for it. Like he, he repeats himself a lot. Jordan does, but each time they're in the dream world, they did learn something new. It wasn't yeah. like the same. I mean, sometimes it was it, the same dream over and over again. Like when yes. you hear townsfolk having it, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't the same thing for the people inside the dreams because we have people yeah. who kind of work in dreams. Because I think Perrin's a dreamer too in his own way. Uh, well, we we'll get there. Yeah, like Maureen tells Min she has to go back to Tarvalon, which Min is pissed about because She's Min like, only wants message. to find a husband. <laughs> like that is actually something she says. She yeah, just she wants says to find that. a husband. Um, and then M- Maureen is like, Min, you can't come, but Perrin and Loyal want to come. Loyal's <laughs> <And laughs> like, I want to write a book. So yeah. Uh, okay. And then- <laughs> 
how much do you want to bet that the books that we're reading were oh, written by Loyal? I mean, I don't know, because then you'd have to have him doing shifting perspective. Like, could you see Loyal talking that much about human breasts? I, I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> He does mention how beautiful flash. Selene is all, all the time. Jordan talks about boobs a lot. a lot. He always says breasts, but like, you can't Cluster say. under her breasts. The necklace dangled between her breasts you could say close to her heart like that is a better way no, you, to you phrase that. that no 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 <sighs> one will understand what that means oh my god so dumb we need the exact <laughs> location the exact. in the cleavage is where the triangle between is two at. Not freckles two, like... whatever some kind of amulet thing right. is at oh but whatever maureen wonders if the forsaken are free naming lanfear Samael, Asmodine, Bilal, Rayan, and Ishmael. Some of them. They had out... that they say his name is Ishmael instead. Ishmael, because Jordan didn't want Ishmael because it's too close to Catholicism or like Christianity. Yes. Um, it throws I me off just... every time they say it because I'm like, oh, is that? Is I, that I think it, it just yeah, it, that, that that is how it said. Uh, they head out. The men does a reading for Perrin before he goes. She get he gets real upset about it. Uh, she she says she well, sees him. she keeps trying to do it, and he's like, no, I don't want to know. Wanna do this, but then she's like, hey, I'm gonna tell you, and he's like. Mm, no, but yeah, yeah there's that's... a falcon and a hawk on your shoulders. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, there's there's a falcon and a hawk on your shoulder. She sees an Aielman in a cage, a Tuathan with a sword, and she told him to run from the most beautiful woman in the world. And basically, we learn in this book that anytime Min makes any kind of prediction or tells you what she sees, that it's going to happen in the book. Yeah, it's pretty much going to happen in the book. Then Perrin's like, hey, I don't like you like that. And Min is like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> and Perrin's like, wait, you like Rhea, don't you? And that is a conversation they have before I know. Min leaves. And then he goes, does a queen know? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> so that's uh... the part that like made me laugh so much because it's like one of those things where he's like, did, did you tell the queen? And then it, it, it's like he has some kind of internal thought about the queen and Rand had almost been promised to each other since they were children. Like, okay, oh really? My God. So then he sets off with Moraine. During this talk, like, Moraine keeps joking about how Land she'll, like, send him to Muriel. And I'm like, could you not do that to Land? It's super rude. And, like, well, it's and not funny. bothered by it. Yeah. It's like, okay, so if you were in a relationship and, like, your partner didn't want to get engaged and you did, what mm-hmm. if your partner just walked around being like, well, you know, we're never going to get engaged. Like that would just be like, this is a serious conversation that we should not be joking about. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of this episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, where Frank and Marie Barone, like Marie, plans out who she wants Frank to marry when she dies, and it's another lady at their church or something like that, and he's so bothered by it, and he wants her to pick somebody else and all this, and. It reminds oh me of that because Lan is so bothered by Moraine bringing this up and everything. And he's like, you're going to be around as long as I'm able to protect you. Right. And then she keeps trying to like send him off so she can die. And he's just like, yeah. no, I don't want to. That sounds awful. And she's just like, but I might die. And it's just like, could you not like have some respect for the man who protects you just right. once? They head into a town called Jara where parents smell something bad, which is foreshadowing for later when mm-hmm. he gets attacked. They find out that people are wedding like crazy in the town and Rand played music for them there. It was okay, so, so weird. Was that like the most random thing ever? They, they're like told, there's been a bunch of weddings and 
I uh, think it's worth looking for some guy. He might have been playing music. Like, yes, he did play music. And you know what? A bunch of people got married. Well, it's almost like, random. I think it's like people, wherever Rand goes, like, Sidine, like, escapes him pretty much. And I think it's supposed and to be like people. it forces people to get married? <laughs> no, I think it's like because he's out there in the world, like, dark forces are also working against him. So I think people mm-hmm. get like the, it's almost like animals who smell a hurricane coming like i think people are aware that something's going and it's like mostly the women because the women were forcing Mm -hmm. men to get married so i think people have like some kind of they're tuning in to the brokenness of what's going on around because like they go to a couple towns where they're like these people feel broken inside Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's mostly people who are like controlled by the dark one or like or by one of the forsaken that happens in the future we'll get to it but like i think it's more people feel something in the air that's like pushing them and like sighting just makes people kind of do crazy things that's kind of what i picked up from it but that's a theory i mean that's better than what i had because i didn't have anything and i I just thought that was (laughs) dumb like really Uh. you can't have anything else so it's like i I feel like even a change in the weather would have made more sense than like rand goes through a town everybody gets married they also said that like white cloaks are kind of going crazy and like making trouble with women and like some of them are like leaving and it's just a mess then they meet this man simeon who asks for help from his brother and Perrin like asks Maureen for help and they go down and they find out that this man is just like Perrin, but he is gone. He's in a cage though. Yes. He's in a cage and he has pretty much become a man, like a wolf inside of man's body. Like he's yeah. not, there's nothing left. They of find out that he human. bit someone, he killed a cow with, with his, his teeth. teeth and his brother said that it all started with him just like kind of saying weird things when he was drunk. And yeah. then he just got to the point where he started acting like a wolf all the time and so Perrin kind of just says like you might just want to let him go and run into the wild right she lets and he do. says well he'll die and he's like well he's gonna die in a cage so right. it's one of those things for Perrin where it's just like is this how I'm gonna end up and right. Maureen tells scared. him you know I I don't know I you might I but she tells I really don't know. him to watch out in his dreams because like that connects him to the wolves much yes. more than anything else and like wolves he needs to control we that. learn they live a lot in the dream world right they exist on both worlds. Yeah. Which is so cool. Then random or parent immediately falls asleep and goes into a dream. <laughs> Careful in your dreams. <laughs> and it shows him Hopper, who was one of the wolves who died in died, one of the previous yeah. books. Um, and like Hopper told him how much he wanted to fly. And then he like realized Hopper can fly in this world. And he like mm-hmm. is very happy for that. He sees a beautiful woman who's angry that she sees him. And then he also care. sees a man killed in front of him in his dream. And he wakes up with bloody clothing showing that mm-hmm. you can take what happens in the dream world into the real world. Mm-hmm. Then we get the first look at Rand, who's like destroying a dark hound with white light, but he's sick and he's scared and he wants to get to tear to stop all of this madness because he is the dragon reborn. Um, and then it jumps over to a queen. She's traveling back to Tarvalon. Uh, she has been dreaming about Rand. Matt's very sick. Rand uh, is always in her dreams. Yes, always. I mean, his life pretty much exists with her. Uh, and then White Cloaks approach Varen, uh, Varen who they're traveling with, because mm-hmm. Varen, Elaine, Aguine, Nynaeve, Matt, and then Huron, who like leaves immediately. Who yeah, was he was kind of like their traveling partner yeah. that was, I guess, kind of protecting them. And then he just kind of pieces out. But also, they didn't need him. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really need him. I don't know why. But then these white cloaks appear. They're very contentious. Elaine tries to like, she drops her name. And then they're like, no, yeah. your, your mom hates Tarvalon now. So she would actually be glad you brought it. We brought mm-hmm. you back. <laughs> and She's then like, what? a queen gets mad and 
you like raises the earth to like scare them off and Nynaeve and Elaine do it too. Faring is very yeah, upset they, with them. They all cause like a big earthquake. Yes. And then you find out that the leader of the crew was Dane Bornhold, Jeffrey Bornhold's son. And he mm-hmm. says, you killed my father, which they didn't, but that's what he thinks. Sure. Um, they arrive in Tarvalon. They find out the White Cloaks have been making trouble. Um, there's been, and then they, they, and then they find out they're in trouble because Shiriam, the novice teacher comes up. Uh-huh. They also meet quite a few other Aes Sedai, including Faelane. 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 So it's like, why do they all have to, you have to Elaine and then Faelane? Like, really, why do these names? And then Theodrin. And like, Theodrin is not about these girls. So then it goes over to like Suin Shanchi, who is the Aes Sedai, or who's the Amaralyn seat. Mm -hmm. She learns that Ram has declared himself and that like the false dragons who are out there were really taken and executed. So it just seems like there's only Rand left. Mm Mm-hmm. She gets the horn, but she finds out Matt sounded it, which, like we talked about in the last time, bound. You called it on that. I had that in my Someone notes. Someone else actually called I said, it. I said, oh, good call, Hannah. I'm pretty sure that I was listening to another podcast. That's, I'm pretty sure it was FDF podcast. Oh, I really? think I think Charles mentioned something, and I picked up on it and was like, that'd be cool, forgetting that Charles has already read the series, so he just knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there's that. I didn't call it. I don't deserve credit, so there we go, but... I used it as a discussion point, and now I'm giving credit where credit is due. Cool, cool. Now that he is bound to it, he is the only one who can sound it unless he dies. And, so, and basically, as long as he lives, it's a, just like a useless horn. It's just a, uti- yeah, a useless artifact for everyone else. But if he dies, then it's something that people can use again. <clears throat> oh, and we also meet Liani. It's the Emerald Seat main helper person. Yeah, then we she's go like back. Second, second in command. Yes, she's second in command. Then we go back to Aguine, Elaine, and Nynaeve, and they're all punished. But Elaine and Aguine are going to become accepted because they're too powerful mm-hmm. not to. Elaine is told so they've to been be, through a lot, so their power has they've kind uh, of jumped ahead. And like they kind of tell Elaine, you have like potential to be the most like one of the strongest Aes Sedai in a thousand years. But Morghese wants her back, her mother, because. She was upset that Elaine left the tower. She doesn't mm-hmm. trust them anymore. She will no longer have an Aes Sedai, which hasn't happened in hundreds of years. Um, well, and the other thing that's interesting about Elaine is like she would be the first queen to be an Aes Sedai. Right. Because she really wants to time. be an Aes Sedai mm-hmm. really badly. And most of the time they're just trained by them. They do not yeah. go up. They also find out that Leandrin left with 12 other women, which 13 is an mm-hmm. important number for this. Mm-hmm. And they stole a bunch of terror angry. Terangriol, ter- I can't. Terangriol. Um, okay. Uh, and on their way out, so they're all very concerned about this. Um, and they killed like 21 people or something like that, right? Yeah, they killed people. It was really bad, but people keep getting murdered in the keep, which like has never happened. So they're very nervous. Um, Morghese also wanted Galad and Gawain back as well, but they insisted mm-hmm. on staying, all that stuff. Yeah, because um, they're training to be warders. Basically. And then they. And then she kind of dismisses Elaine from the room and she tells Aquina and Nynaeve that they are the only two she can trust because right now she isn't sure who to trust. She knows like Leandrin tried to take them away for a reason. So she finds them trustworthy. Mm-hmm. She says she considers um, Liani, Shiriam, Varen, and Moraine as trustworthy to a, like the fullest extent she can, which like Nynaeve jumps in and she's like, you can't trust Moraine. And the Amaralyn seat is like, okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, you can't trust Varen. <laughs> <laughs> Nynaeve swears she can't yeah she thinks that they are there are others in Tarvalon that she can't trust so she t- gives them two letters authorizing themselves to work in her name and tells them that they need to like look into it but she can't help them very much and like they they won't have much communication all that stuff mm-hmm. Nynaeve asks about Matt because she doesn't believe they care about healing them 
Um, they try to go back to Egwene's room where they're attacked by a gray man. They run after him and he stops him with air, but they find him dead with a dagger in his chest. Shiriam arrives and covers him up and says this hasn't happened since the Trolloc Wars. She tells them to go to Nynaeve's room, but Egwene runs back and gets the crossbow bolt that like actually hit her when the gray man yeah. attacked them. Um, Nynaeve sees Shiriam cover up the gray man. And like, this is something that we see out of Nynaeve a couple of times this time where she will look at I said I doing something and she's like I think I figured out how they did it like I, yeah. I think I've mm-hmm. deducted how this happens the other thing she notices is that Shiriam like never said like who stabbed him right like she didn't ask questions and I knew it was yeah. like that's suspicious she's like wait a minute don't um, you know who stabbed him right so then they go back to Nynaeve's room they find Elaine with Gawain and Galad Galad hits on a queen like <laughs> Nynaeve kicks him out yeah um, she I, I kind of laugh at all the times that Nynaeve just like abuse i feel like she does this she abuses her she power, abuses so her power. she's like are you allowed to be in the acceptance room and they're like oh i didn't know that was a thing she's like get out and then the other people are like oh i didn't know that was a thing and she's like it's not i just wanted to see if it would work and it did yeah and it did and so and then like elaine says that gawain is in love with a queen but he will ignore his love because gal had saved his life once and he likes a queen you know and then Nynaeve immediately tells Elaine that they're hunting Black Asha. I know. <laughs> even though so they told it's her one of those to. things where it's like the Amberlynn seat says, don't tell anyone, but you guys are going to be hunting Black Asha. And Nynaeve's like, okay, I won't tell anyone. She gets back to the room and Elaine's like, hey, what so what was that about? Get this. We're hunting Black Asha. <laughs> immediately. Well, and then like Elida enters. Oh, well, no. First Nynaeve is like, I don't think they're going to heal Matt. I'm going to figure out how to do it. Even though she has, in fact, traveled with him for hundreds of miles. Why, and why could she not never do it? been able to do it before this moment? Like, Jordan has the worst times to say, like, I know. I, I think Nynaeve is going to come through with a powerful moment and a powerful monologue and fix it all. And it's like, it's like no, she, she had so many she, opportunities she, the entire time that they were traveling. She should have figured that out by now. It should have happened. Like, <sighs> do a flashback. I don't care. Just do something different right, than right. that. So then Elida comes in. She... Like, well, they're yeah. just about to like channel to they they decide maybe we could all channel together. Right. And so they're just about to channel together the three of them for the first time. And then Elida comes in and is like, uh what are you guys doing? And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then she like pretty much set hints that she thinks they're associated with Leandrin mm-hmm. um and asks, like, why did you leave the tower? And like And it's I, weird that she's speaking so openly about the black Aja too, because usually right. that's kind of a taboo thing. When she like yells at Elaine for hurting the relationship between Aes Sedai and Andor. Which it's not- Elaine's it's fault. Not, she got kidnapped, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody knows that. But like, a queen tries to cover it up and says like, oh, we left to help our friend Matt. He came back with us. And then Nydaeve is like, but we can't speak on it. And then Elida gets mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she asks them about Rand, which suspicious, man, dude. Yeah. And then Shiriam enters and takes them to go to Matt's healing immediately. Mm-hmm. So that plot point about Nynaeve doing it herself, unnecessary. Right, right. It was just unnecessary right. personality stuff. And then, like, Nynaeve watches them do it, and she's like, I could have never done that. And it's like, yeah, we well, all know that. those things where it's like, she's watching 10 Aes Sedai do that, and she's like, wow, I don't know if I'd be able to uh, do that, but maybe about half of that I could do. And it's like, okay, so one, yeah, you probably couldn't do that. Two, that's pretty bold of you to think that you're going to be able to have the power of, like, 10 people. Yeah, so that was her. And then Matt starts speaking in the old tongue, Aguin recognizes it's scary. like he's like seizing and yeah and like it's hard to remove the dagger Aguin recognizes a term called for the honor of the red eagle the red eagle 
Um, and then it sounds like he's like ordering people into battle. And the last phrase is I am free. I'm a free man. I die. I am no Isodai meat. Yeah. And then it cuts over to Matt. He wakes up and eats a ton. He discusses some of his background, which is actually the first time we really get to learn anything about Matt yeah. outside of what mm-hmm. other people view of him. Which it's interesting to have Matt's really interesting. Yeah. I actually really liked that they like opened up to it. Mm-hmm. He does remember like calling soldiers against Trollocs and murmurs He's slowly in the old getting tongue. some of his memories back because he right. doesn't fully remember even some of his friends. So he's slowly getting memories and then- back and me- remembering what happened during that time. He also discusses like the background that his dad was an amazing horse trader. He always like yeah. wanted to get a good deal. He was always like very involved in stuff, all mm-hmm. that rot. Um, and he has one of my favorite lines that I did tweet about where he's like, Ren's insane and Perrin, I just don't recognize him anymore. And Nynaeve and Elaine are, are going to be Aes Sedai and Light, I'm the only one sane one left. And I, <laughs> and I said, hot take. When you think you're the only sane only one in the room, you might not be the same one. <laughs> like, you just, you're not. Like, you're factually burn inaccurate. Me, I'm the only sane one left. Yeah, burn me. Um, and so then all of a sudden, a woman comes in who introduces herself as Celine. Celine. And she's like, You want glory. And he's like, Yeah, I you want glory. You are more likely to seek the glory than Karen or Rand. Well, duh. Well, duh. Have you met him? And then, like, he has the horn. So now he's useful to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she tells him that, like, the Aes Sedai won't tell him that his father, Abel, and Tam came to Tarvalon looking for him and Rand. And he also questions her. He says, are you a dark friend? And yeah. she's, she's like, um, um, not How dare exactly, you kind of, yeah, but I, I know I to die. Like, I'm equal to the most powerful man ever, but. Right. But, like, don't worry about it. Look the other way. And then, like, at one point, he kind of, like, pushes back on her and she, like, touches him and, like, gives him a headache. And then, like, yeah. all of a sudden, hears something and leaves, which is not suspicious at all. The Amarillan seat comes in and Leanna, Leanne, and they tell him he can't leave like they've given his picture mm-hmm. everywhere don't even mm-hmm. try it he tries it for one time at least <laughs> and uh and they're like you're so weak you're gonna be like eating pounds and pounds of food and like you cannot exist without eating a ton of food dude so he just don't leave cores. yes like he is eating it's mentioned everything. like twice i think where yeah. he eats the entire core and i thought he's wow, so hungry that, <laughs> that is a lot. Um, and then they tell him that like he is now bound to the horn so he can't just go home like he wants to mm-hmm. like or else they would have to kill him and shall ghoul wants it and if the shadow knows he blew it he'll have dark friends and worse after him which right. he never takes the hint that mm-hmm. that he keeps getting chased throughout this book and he's always like it's because elaine gave me a letter we'll talk about it but like it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i was gonna say, say yeah he, he it, keeps mentioning oh, we'll get there yeah. So then it cuts over to Aguin. Um, she's like working in the kitchens. Varen comes in and tells her to come upstairs. She says she thinks she's a dreamer and gives her a, a tear angry all that was the used last dreamer by oh, the okay. last dreamer, Corianine. Corianine. Sorry, these names are a mouthful and a half. The last tear angry all was used by the last dreamer, Corianine. I think that's how you say it. And, sure. and it's supposed to like help people be more. Like be it allows people who aren't dreamers to go into the world of dreams, mm-hmm. but she doesn't give her a ton of info on it, <laughs> and she tells her it's dangerous too. Yes, she says it's very dangerous. You like can definitely channel in the dream world because you're already a dreamer. It's much more useful to you. But like she doesn't know much about it. And then a queen leaves, and like it shows Varen like looking at the notes she has. And yeah, she, she has, had like, a ton of notes on it, and she's like, hmm. That's just to let her figure it out herself. Well, but um, she also said okay. they were confusing. 
Like she didn't say that they made sense, you know, she thought about even burning the notes because she thinks that they're too dangerous because they don't make sense to anyone. Uh Uh-huh. But still very weird. Um, a queen is like headed back up and then they tell her that she has to attend her acceptance. And it's like, I know to do when you, you made them work in the kitchen all day. And then it's like, they're exhausted and you're going to make them do one of the worst trial experiences Mm -hmm. of their life. Mm -hmm. Let them take a nap first. Like, come on. But anyway, she goes and like, um, just a light the three arches. Elida is there and is like, I don't want her to do this. And people are like, you asked to be here. <laughs> well, didn't you think so it was hard. so weird that she was like happy for Elaine, but then she's like, You're not ready, Egwene. Well, like, Egwene like, is ready. <laughs> you asked she's to more be ready here. than Elaine. Like, if you don't on. care, like, what are you doing? So anyway, she goes through the three arches in the first one. She's married to Rand. They have a baby. Joya. She Joya. And like Rand is a great dad, but he has these huge headaches. There's war mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and then he starts like having a headache and he's like, help me, help me agree. But the way back comes but once. The way she, back comes but once. And so she jumps back in. Steadfast. And then in the like here and now one, I forget which this one is. That's the one where Rand is trapped under some beam. Oh, and she and can't she get has, to him. Yeah, she leaves him to basically just be crushed. Right. And then the future, she is the Emerlyn C. So was this cur- is what I want to happen. I want Il- or I want Egwene to become the Emerlyn seat. Me too. She was part of the green Aja. She notices this because her secondhand lady, who's always the same as Aja as you, was green. Mm-hmm. But in this one, um, uh, Elida comes in and she's like, you have to go downstairs to the like huge hall. So they do. Mm-hmm. And then they bring forth Rand because he has named himself a false dragon and they mm-hmm. have to steal him. And a queen refuses to do it. And so then Elida is like, she can't be the Amaral and seek because she swore an oath and she's not following mm-hmm. through on it. So then they capture her and then she is taken to a bunch of black Asha mm-hmm. and uh, fades. And there are 13 of each of them and they're going mm-hmm. to steal her. Uh-huh. And she's very scared. And then she gets away from them and she sees Rand below where they're about to like steal him and she's freaking out. But then the way back comes but once and she has to jump through. Um, She gets back and she like screams like, am I just, am I just destined to hurt him over and over and over again? Which wrong thing to scream to a room full of shady people, but okay. (laughs) But then she finds out that like something dangerous happened. They weren't sure she was going to be able to come back. Well, before she went into the arches, there was a strange noise. Right. And they shouldn't have let her go in, but then they let her go in. Oh, no, it's probably nothing. No, it was something. But they like rise her to accept it. And then they find out that like that that dangerous thing that could happen can happen if like two terror angrials are close to each other. Yeah, so the ring that she got from Varen was like could have murdered her pretty much. So she's just like, I'm glad they didn't look through my things. Because Varen also gave her notes on all like the black Aja Mm -hmm. and the terror angrials that they all stole. So that all happens. Matt wakes up in the tower again. We like shift on over to Matt. He goes around the tower he's kind of ignored by people including the girl from the first book that he met on the farm with elsie elsie and she like ignores him and like runs away from him uh and he's like what's going on there i thought she liked me and he talks about wanting to dance dance. he says he's going to dance with every single woman he meets all the time there's some girl in the corner i'd ask her to dance if i I mean and he also says 
Rand and Perrin are so much better with women. But in this case, I do believe him. I do think he is the worst with women. <laughs> like, Agreed. Agreed. He seems to be kind of that creepy man who would have believed in negging a woman. Like, that's what I get from him. Or he's just like the one that's like constantly badgering women. Like, come dance with me. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You, don't you want to dance? To. Aren't you fun. a fun person? Why aren't you Don't you want to just have me? fun? Come dance. Yeah. Come on. Agreed. Fun. So he also like finds this half staff and he realizes he needs money. So he like asks Gawain and Galad, like he wagers them that he can beat them down with their swords. And they're like, you're sick. With a quarter staff. With a quarter staff. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, I bet you like two silvers that I can do this. And they're like, no, you're sick. We don't want to do this. And Rand's like, or Matt's like, what are you chicken? Um, (laughs) and he finally gets like their coach their trainer their trainer he's like challenge him yeah like he challenged you just do it and then like matt takes them to task even though he's sickly like he just knows how to work it and the guy is like yeah our best trained swordsman the only time he's ever fallen was to a farmer with With a a quarter quarter staff staff. so Hmm, who do we think that is tam right probably uh so like they're he ends up like hurting galad and like women just rush galad like <laughs> it's nobody's business and he's like yeah, anyway and- silver coin from him and the trainer's like don't even try here you go well go and away now. gowans <laughs> makes some kind of comment like i wouldn't be surprised if one of them makes him their warder in that <laughs> amount of time like oh my gosh so creepy uh and so he and like when he's talking to them he like speaks in the old tongue because the trainer's like, you speak in the old tongue? And Matt's like, what's he talking about? And he's like, hey, where are you from? And Matt actually goes, I'm an Atherin. And then he's like, that's not where I'm from. I'm from Two Rivers. And he's like, uh, Two Rivers. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, I'm Rand Althor from Two Rivers. So then Aguin is like back with Nynaeve and Elaine. And she's going to go like hop into dreams to see mm-hmm. what happens using her powerful Tangriel. She goes in. She's been having some bad dreams. Yeah, she's been having some bad dreams. So she's going to use this to try to make more sense. She goes in. She sees Perrin sitting next to a wolf with a beard. Um, and then she sees Rand, who's like convinced it's not her. And he's like, I've seen so many. My mom tried. My dad tried. She, even mm-hmm. she tried with her glory. And it's like, you mean Celine? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sees Matt like weighing his own left eye on a scale. Um, Sanchen, she sees and Matt and Sanchen. She sees him speaking the old tongue, um, and then she awakes. Um, and she hears from Anaya, who was like Green Asha, who she asks like, "What's Green Asha like?" And then she's told that they're like people who fight battles, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told her that dreams about Taveran are always most significant, and since right. all three boys are incredibly significant, that is interesting. The three girls are looking into Black Asha. And so they're trying to go about it the best way. Egwene had a really hard time in the dreaming thing. So they're mm-hmm. trying to discuss who can use the Tangrial, which is also called a twisted ring, which I'm going to start calling it because it's easier. Yeah, it's way easier to say. <laughs> yes. So Egwene, like, decides she can use it again. But she suddenly sees Elsie Grinwell, who's standing at the doorway, and she saw the twisted ring. And she tells mm-hmm. them that the Amarill and C gave them directions to the basement to look at all of what the others had collected. She quickly leaves and a queen like runs after her. And she doesn't see her, but she sees a woman who's very pretty and white and silver. And she tells her to leave. And a queen automatically obeys. And then is like, what? what? Why did I do that? I know. <laughs> but 
she searches the gallery. She doesn't see anyone. So then they go downstairs. They go into the basement and they it's look locked. In, it's locked. They break in because you find out Aguin knows how to break into locks really, really well. Yeah, she can use her powers to like bend metal. She's definitely good with earth, she says. Mm-hmm. And so they look in and they see a lot of like the tags have something to do with the city of Tyr. Mm-hmm. And so there are so many obvious signs that like it has to be a bait, but right. they like are kind of into using the bait. Um, so they're so, still like, work- kind of in the situation where they're like, we know this is a trap, but okay. Trap a trap. Uh, yes. So they're like working in the kitchens. Because um, they have to finish their punishment first. Yes. Obviously. Before they, they decide they, they should probably leave and go to tear, even though it's a trap. And um, Varen like asks them too. She's like, have you made any progress with the Black Aja? And they're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> but she does go back one more time um, into the world of dreams mm-hmm. and she like tries to channel. She can do it. She sees Perrin holding Hopper. himself and Hopper. Um, and like, oh, she also sees like she ends up going into this redstone columns, which Perrin saw before. Mm-hmm. There's a crystal sword floating in the center. And then this ugly woman, Calendor. the first ugly woman we've ever seen, who is named Sylvie, says she served a queen's family for years. Mm-hmm. She says that they're in the heart of the stone in tear. It is tear. It's full of answers and secrets. That's and where you find answers. There are great lords plotting their agendas. She says Ishmael is a fool. I was which, she says Ishmael. Yeah. And she says he's a fool. And that shucks a queen. Aguin asks about the sword and it's identified as Kalindor. She can sense Sidar and the barrier around it and realizes the blank spaces must be Sidine because they're two different barriers like working mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. They hear footsteps. Sylvie tells her she must hide because he's coming to stare at it at again. Um, and then Sylvie like goes to grab Aguin and like try to pull the twisted ring off of her. Mm-hmm. And like nine or Aguin wakes screaming. She tells them about everything except for Perrin and the wolf. They realize because yeah, she was like, that's Perrin's secret to tell, yeah, which I thought was kind of cute. That's very sweet of her. I think she just understands. And like, she actually knows what's happening to Perrin. So mm-hmm. she's right. respecting his privacy, which is amazing. They realize the heart of the stone must be their target. They must go to Tyr. Uh, Elaine says she must send a letter to her mother or she will send the whole army down on them. Uh, and then Nynaeve is like, I know who can take that letter. Um, I know someone just dumb enough to do it. Yep, and then they go into Matt's room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they ask him how he's doing. He's like, oh, I'm probably good. And then Elaine's like, can you carry this letter? And he's like, she's so pretty. I kind of have to. I'd ask you like, to dance if we were back in Emmons Field. But, but when I he danced was, with Egwene and Nynaeve a couple of times. I haven't danced with Maureen once. Um, but when he had gone out the last time, he had, like tried to say, is there a ship nearby? And the guy's like, yeah, there is. But you're not getting on it, Matt. We've gotten your description. And you can't yeah, aren't leave. you Matt Cawthon? Yeah, we know <laughs> like, who you we are. We know who you, you are. You, and he's like, I guess the Umberland Sea wasn't lying. And it's like, yeah, she wasn't lying. Why would she say, um, I've given your picture out? Like, come on. Oh, also, he did ask the, like, I don't think I said this, but Celine told him that his dad and Tam had come, and he did ask the Emerald Sea, and the Emerald yeah. Sea, like, begrudgingly told him, and he's like, I yeah, think they can't like, trust her. Yes. <laughs> yes, they came. We didn't tell them anything about you because we didn't know what was going on. You know, we'll send word to him that you're fine, I guess, <laughs> now that you asked about it. 
but he was like, last time I tried to leave when he's talking to a queen, Nynaeve and Maureen, he's like, they told me I couldn't. And so they hand him one of the letters from the Amarillo and seat saying that he is doing her duty, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then he decides he will deliver it. Uh, and then this is like kind of a turning point for Matt. Cause a lot of times throughout the last stories, he would make a promise and then break it. So mm-hmm. this will be the first time he's actually doing what he said he's going to do. So then it like turns to Nynaeve. She tells the Emerlin seat, like the Emerlin comes down to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. She asks about all of like what they're doing. It's like, how's it going, guys? Nynaeve is like, we need to go to Tyr. We know it's a trick. And then she finds out that Elsie left like a yeah. week ago, <laughs> a very long time ago. So that's like definitely, 10 days or something like that. Yeah. So like it definitely wasn't Elsie who came and got them. So someone's trying to trick them, obviously. But then she's like, hey, mm-hmm. we looked at it and we found like all this stuff about Tyr. And the Amberlin suit's like, we all went through that and we didn't discover it. <laughs> it's just like, what? They said it was the easiest well, thing in the world to discover. Like, And that's why it's like so many of these things, it just seems stupid like okay the oh. smartest people ever didn't discover this but then three people who just like come in they're like actually we, no we figured what? it out correction she says that elsie griddle went home 10 days ago and that all the black aja belongings were burned so those weren't yeah. even their things so everything hinting to go to tear was like created it wasn't like oh, okay, actually um and so, so it's an imposter. Yeah, it was an imposter who like created a bunch of different stuff mm-hmm. uh there was also another gray person Oh, female dead in the bed or something. Dead on her own bed on the Emerald Seat's bed. Oh, no, Shiriam's bed. Yeah. Um, And then Nynaeve asks about Kalindor and that like rocks the Emerald Seat. And she says that it is a powerful Sangreal, which is um, for men and that only a dozen Aes Sedai and a dozen others know what it really is. She tells Nynaeve that the Black Aja might be after Kalindor. Or they might be after get it. the tearing grill stash that is in the Stone of Terror because they like have a horde of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, then she asks if Elaine is going with them. Nynaeve is shocked that she knows she told Elaine. <laughs> well, she, she says she's like, well, obviously, because she's not having a strong reaction to us talking about this in front of her, you told her. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not an idiot. And so she's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, I'll make up an excuse for why you guys had to leave. Like, you're going off to a field. Um, and then she's like, you know, she had bullied people in the kitchen and then she was suddenly nice. So, you know, and then Nynaeve's like, we're leaving as soon as this gets done. We switch over to Matt, who like goes out gambling at night. Um, and then as he's gambling, he is attacked. He doesn't, he thinks it's people trying to steal his coins because he's gotten like really lucky with gambling. Yeah. He just can't lose. And he just gets a ton of money and... um he noticed that after Shardar Logoth, his luck has always been very good. And now it's phenomenal where he just can't lose. Mm-hmm. And like uh, this guy comes, follows him to try to like get rich again. Yeah, some drunk guy who he upsets lost him. To. Uh, and then he says, it's like some drunk man says, it's the dark one's own luck. So, and then like Matt is followed with men with daggers. He thinks they're pickpockets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like an ordinary man, he didn't even really notice. Tries to kill him. He pushes the man off a bridge and lands on top of him. Yeah. But the man and the man's dagger, which like he tried to use to attack Matt, was planted in his own heart. And so Again, then, luck. <laughs> yes, very lucky. So Matt like tries to look into an inn where he finds <gasps> Tom. Tom Merlin. He like buys him a drink, 
as Tom's playing, um, Tom gets done, he comes down and then like Matt realizes he's super drunk. Yeah. He <laughs> keeps talking about his two lovers that he's had in his life. And, and like Morgay, like he names Morgays and like Denna <laughs> and like and the lady at the end comes over and she's like, if I'd known you were talking about Tom, I wouldn't have given you the drink. <laughs> he's like super mad at him. And he's like, how is he supposed to know he was drunk? He's always been fine, you know? But he like tells Tom about all that's been happening and like mm-hmm. how he has to go deliver this to um, Camelin. Camelin, thank you. And Tom, Tom is like, you know what? I'm trying to punish myself. And I thought Tarvalon was where I would go to punish myself. But Camelin's so much better. So I'm going to come with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he also says that there are no thieves in Tarvalon. And so he's like, I wonder what happened that, you know. Mm-hmm. So they go off to south harbor there's a dock master and matt's like where's your closest ship and uh, oh and like he hands them the executive order saying i can leave and the south harbor man is like why would he tell why would i hear from the why does the amarillan tell me you can't leave then gives me a letter saying you can leave right what is going on and then matt and tom like jump onto a ship where like the guy is like juan malia like is like we're totally full. Everything's really expensive. I'm not going to throw someone out of my room, like their room mm-hmm. to make room for you. And Matt's like, I'll pay you whatever you want. And he's like, well, I'll give you my cabin if you have like X amount of money. And Matt like pays him. And so then he's convinced he's like a noble lord. And he like goes off on every other nation that isn't his own. And like yeah. the most, like it felt like he was shouting out like racial slurs we didn't understand. Yeah. Like it was laden with like hatred for Ilion and, you know, and he was just talking so much stuff and he's so contemptuous. And then he talks about how High Lord Saman has taught him special hatred for Ilion and Tarvalon. And Matt's mm-hmm. just like, this guy's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Matt also asked for as much food as he wanted so he could just keep eating pounds of food. Well, because he never stops eating. He's just Mm-mm. so hungry all the time. To like heal himself. And then Tom is like, you could have gotten us a room with two beds, you know, if you just asked for like an actual like shipmate's cabin instead of the captain's cabin. I hope you don't snore. And Matt's like, you snore, Tom. <laughs> yeah. And so then Tom falls asleep. He's snoring. Matt like can't stay awake. But then two men enter the cabin with knives and Matt kills them. And then he recognizes there's like more people up on deck. He hides himself in one of their cloaks and he realizes one of the men is the guy from Tarvalon. He kills them. And then a fourth comes and Tom kills the fourth man. They see like this tiny little boat that brought the men is tied to the stern and two remaining men jump overboard and swim for shore when they see Matt. Mm-hmm. Back in the ma- cabin, like Matt is shaking and very, you know, upset and wondering what kind of game he's playing. And we still see- like can't believe that he's this lucky. Yeah. Then we see Rand. He's playing his flute. He realizes now that he saw Egwene in his dreams, but he has also seen others that just made him too wary to think it was her at the time um and he notes that like seeing men who tried to kill him was the worst of all when like like, men tried to stab me in the back and it was like his father his mother and his best friend Piran all tried to kill him but men hurt the worst the one that hurts the most that is just he can't stand it and he keeps dreaming of a queen nynaeve and elaine being trapped but he worries most about elaine again not the two women he grew up with yeah elaine I mean, this is just, yeah. Yeah. He dreams about Celine and Glory, but now she tells him to take Calendar. And he dreams Um, about it all the time. Yeah. It's awful. So then we cut back to Perrin. They're nearing Manathendrel. 
Uh, he is riding a horse. He sees dog. Stepper. <laughs> Stepper. Easy. I thought that was a cute name. <laughs> it is a cute name. Uh, like, also, like at, at one point, I need names a horse after like the term for warder. And the queen's like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Land, do you? <laughs> Miss Land. Hmm. That's a bad name for a horse. I wonder why you picked it. <laughs> but anyway, he like see he smells this like foul odor and yeah. sees dog footprints. He recalls he recalls his dreams of Hopper and a queen, worried about all of them. Um, they've been hush- pushing hard. Rain's like not letting them rest at all. They keep finding like signs of Rand's passage through like all these different areas with like good and bad things that Rand has caused. So showing like he's losing control over his powers and like causing different things, you know? Yeah. He's kind of losing it. And Rand and parents kind of like, why is this happening? And Maureen's like, well, you know, the creator is good. The dark one is evil, but the pattern is neither. It's like neutral. Right. So, you know, Rand could cause good and bad as he is like doing this fight. So they hit another large town. Parents smells the same bad smell. And in this town, there is a tall man in a cage who an is Ailman. an Ailman. Uh Land takes them to like the, f- to this inn. The innkeeper says like they were able to like, they captured the Ailman. It was a huge battle, you know? Yeah. The children of the light did. Yeah. Oh yeah. The children of the light did. And then he introduce no he it's hunters of the horn they like he says they ran white cloaks out of town i think and he brags that they defeated 20 aiel men you know okay um and he like perrin kind of saw them throwing rocks at like this man Mm -hmm. like people were taunting him and that just doesn't sit right with him and then he also notices a young woman staring at him which he like makes him so uncomfortable and then moraine he says something to moraine like she was staring at me and not you and not loyal and And, like moraine's like (laughs) Well, you know, Perrin, you're actually a good-looking young boy of the same age as her, so, so people might actually think you're cute. <laughs> I actually really liked that where Maureen's like, you know, there's another reason a girl might be staring at you, right, Perrin? And Perrin's like, no, I'm embarrassed because, like, Maureen has noticed I'm good-looking. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Yeah, he <laughs> and then he they find out that there's been another false dragon, which like worries Moraine. Uh and then Lan remarks that it must be Masima, and Moraine is just like super, super angry at him. Loyal comes to like Perrin and he's like, the bed was sung out of like they have like an actual Ogier bed that fits him, and it was like created by Ogiers who mm-hmm. are wood singers, and he was so excited to sleep in it. Newsflash, he doesn't get to sleep in it. <laughs> but so he decides like he's gonna go see the eelman he introduces himself as gal uh shan metal or stone dog of the imran sept of the sharad Ail. he's looking for he who comes with the dawn aka jesus or rand rand <laughs> and then parent tells him rand is headed to tear Gowell cites Ayel prophecy that says, when the stone of Tyr falls, we will leave the threefold land at last. We will be changed and find again what was ours and what was lost. A dozen white lo- co- cloaks attack Oh, after Perrin frees Gowell by like finding a weak link in the chain. And then- he, he makes some kind of comment like, this is a crappy cage. Like, they should have built this better. <laughs> he's such a blacksmith where he's like, I could definitely tell where they really cut corners to put this poor man in a cage and then throw rocks at him. How dare they? Uh, and then he, they, a dozen white cloaks attack and Perrin mm-hmm. and Gal kill them all. 
Gaul tells Perrin that only he and his friend Sarian were attacked by Orban. Sarian was killed. Gaul runs off in the night, and as Perrin's headed back, he sees the girl who was watching him. Lan walks up, sees what Perrin did, and says, we have to leave immediately, you idiot. We gotta go. <laughs> and so he, like, Perrin comes back, and, like, Orban is telling the tale of how he attacked 20 IEL men, and Perrin's like, yeah, sure you did. So then Perrin fetches Zoyal, and it's like, hey, buddy, remember that bed you wanted to sleep in? Sorry about that, bro. Sorry, bro. My bad. I just had to free the man. But freedom is more important than that bed, so. And they run out, they head to the docks, they board a the snow goose captain by James Adara. Yeah. Uh, just as they cast off, a girl jumps on board and it's the same girl. It's the one that was and, staring at him, Zareen or something. And, yes. And she tells him that the town folk think Gal escaped by himself. And they're like, now we have to go after him, you know, because they're, and she's like, and uh, Orban is like, oh no, I, I can't go out. I'm so sorry. My ankle hurt. Like, oh, parents, like I have a bad paper cut. Yeah, and Perrin's just like, yeah, he would have soiled himself if he had to go after them. And she's like, maybe not soiled himself, but yeah, he's a pretty weakling. And then she says, she is a hunter of the horn and took the oath with the others in the square of Tamaz and Ilion. And she followed Perrin because this was such an odd par- party and she thinks they might lead her to the horn and she thinks like weird things should happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she didn't mention that Orban's not a bad fighter. He just kind of took advantage of, you know? Yeah. Uh, she says like people think the horn is in the forest of shadows but she thinks it's in the mountain of mist and parents like it's not in either of those places um and then she uh learns that the queens of manatherin were all I, like she mentions manatherin which is why she thinks it's in the mountains of mist mm-hmm. and she says like the capital of manatherin um all the queens there were isodai and the kings were warders um and he mentions she handles nice as well as to Marilyn because she's awesome and then my favorite part she says she calls herself mondarb which is lance horse's name (laughs) she starts starts laughing and she's like hey it means like this beautiful thing and parents like yeah i know the horse's name is (laughs) and she's like the horse has the same name she says, so my real name is Zuri Bashir. And then as uh, Perrin heads towards the cabin, she says she calls herself Faley, which means, or her father calls herself Faley, which means Falcon. And Perrin remembers Min's viewing of him. It's like, oh no. Yeah, this is going to happen. Come on, Min. So then, Why do you have to say that? I know. So then Perrin like, decides to go to sleep because he thinks he's safe because he's away from like you know wolves so he can sure. actually rest. But then he's in a thick False. fog. He can't. He sees Hopper. Balzaman is there with several people all asking him why they were brought there in their sleep. One is from Tyr. One is, is it Balzaman and- or is it Ishmael? I don't know. Okay, so that comes at the end of this. Like, if we want to do a little bit of a spoiler, which I actually think I did in the first book because I was, like, reading an explanation because I didn't understand. And I was like, Ishmael okay. and Balzaman are the same people. And you were like, oh, okay. And I was like, they're different than the dark one. So we find out at the end of this book, Ishmael is different than the dark one. But Balzaman is supposed to be the Dark One. It's just Ishmael is using the false name of the Dark One the to dark do his own deeds. To... Okay, because I was so confused in this chapter as it's... to who it was, if it was Balzaman or if it was Ishmael or like okay. what was going on. Spoilers for the end of this episode. Ishmael is using Balzaman's name to make himself more powerful. I think he's like one okay. of the most powerful ones. So he decided he was going to use this. So it kind, okay. we kind of find out that like Rand is often probably going up against Ishmael, not the Dark One. So okay. every time he's killing him, he's just coming back because he's so powerful, but it's not actually Balsamon. It's Ishmael. But okay. at this point, we don't know that. We think it's still Balsamon. So if that Ishmael makes sense, is like 
someone that is minion of yes Balsamon. he's a minion he's one of the forsaken okay so Balzmon is there he sees a bunch of people like one from Tyr one is in red and gold from Ilion one from Tarvalon and is a merchant in plain cut but very fine clothing um yeah he sees Lanfear um is Balzmon is mad because the one from Tarvalon let a boy escape aka Matt he screams and disappears um Balzmon orders the rest to wake they all disappear then Selene or Lanfear comes which we know from the end mm-hmm. of the last book he addresses her as Lanfear so parent does know who she is now she came she claims the dream place as her domain she says her time in the boar was endless a dream of sleep she like hates him um and then she said like she loves the dream area you know and she says only mm-hmm. Greyman and Merdral are denied dreams dreams were always mine so she and like then Balsamon is like do not serve the great lord and she's like I do but no other she mocks Balsamon saying despite his 3,000 years of planning loose there and is back in the Aes Sedai control him uh, she had controlled Luce Theron before Ileana had, and she will again. They disappear, and Hopper takes uh, Perrin to a grassy hillside. Hopper warns him to be wary. And then he says, of the wolves, all are here, all brothers and sisters that are, that were, all that will be. Then he flies away. Um, and then Perrin sees Rand, surrounded by fades and gray men. Rand burns them all. Uh, Perrin sees more coming over and rises and yells to war on Rand, and Rand fires at him which burns his chest. He goes to Morning's cabin. He shows her the burn. She warns him to avoid the red Aja and be wary of his dreams. And oh, he's and like, can you heal me? And he, she, she's like, no. No, I can't. And then she's like, hey, I think you can do something really suspicious and don't tell red Aja because they will try to steal you. And like, they can't, but it'll be painful for you. <laughs> yeah. And then he asks about the name Zarine and she tells him it's a Seldian name, which is suited for a heartbreaker of great beauty. And then he says, oh, you know, <laughs> and he goes up to the deck where Land is tending to Man- Mandarb and Zareen slash Faley is there and she watches him. Uh, then you see Rand for like the third time ever. He awakes and he's like worried because he knows that Perrin was real and he's so worried he almost killed him. Uh, a female merchant comes up and her guards approach. She was like, oh, you're on your way to Remen. And then Rand just attacks them without any hint that they were bad. Right. And he like sees that like someone in the party had a dagger and he was like, I, you know, who knows? But, uh, I, I, I am reading off of like encyclopedia pages and Robert Jordan has confirmed the woman was a dark friend. So it's almost like, don't worry. Rand had a reason. (laughs) Don't hate the main character. That wasn't evident though. That was not evident. I thought it was like a kind of a showing that Rand was going crazy. That's what I thought too, but yeah. Okay. Well, I guess good that it was a dark friend. Right. Then it switches over to Aguin. She hasn't found anything useful recently. She's still using the Twisted Ring every night. Um, but she just, she's had numerous dreams and there's just a ton of mm-hmm. different ones like Rand holding a sword that blazed like the sun. Rand mm-hmm. threatened in a dozen ways. None of them the least bit real. Rand on huge stone boards, mm-hmm. you know, like stones as big as boulders. Perrin with a wolf, a falcon, a hawk. The falcon and the hawk are fighting. Again, okay. remember, we think they're both women. So guess who's going to fight over Perrin? Women um, be fighting over Perrin. Apparently, because it can't, but it can't be any of the characters we already know. It has to be new ones. You have to introduce new love interests well, because Rand already has three. Perrin will have two. And then Matt may have one. I guess we did say like in the last two books, I don't think Perrin will have a love interest for a while. And it's just like, never mind. The next book. It happened so fast. But we did say there'd be somebody random. <laughs> yes. And this is someone random. 
Uh, and then Perrin like trying to jump over a cliff saying it must be done. And I yell, and she thought that had to do with Perrin too. Min springing a steel trap, but somehow walking through it was without so much as seeing it. Matt with dice, Matt followed by a man who's not there. Matt riding desperately towards something, you know, Matt with fire, a woman who seemed to toss fireworks, all that happened. White cloaks ravaging the two rivers, several dreams about the Sian Chen, women breaking, men and women coming out of cages, then putting on crowns, a woman playing with puppets, kings dying, queens weeping, battles raging. Elaine is upset about all this destruction. Uh, this surprises Iguine, who recalls a lesson from Bene Sedai, stating that Kyrene and Andor have had frequent wars. Egwene realizes that one of her dreams means the gray man is after Matt, Suddenly, the blue cane runs ground on a mudflat. The girls decide to, like, walk off <laughs> to the next village. And then they're like, maybe we'll meet that ship down there, you know. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, an Aiel woman steps in front of them. Mm -hmm. They talk to her and they ask for a healer. Um, and this is Avianda of Nine Valleys, um, a sept of the Tardal Aiel. She's a maiden of the spear, which means that they are warriors and she says Aes Sedai are similar to wise ones, so they trust them because they believe they are all Aes Sedai. And Nynaeve is like, yeah, we're Aes Sedai. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, and like the they think as Aielman that they're indebted to the Aes Sedai. Right. Um, and then like two other women come out that they didn't see at all and when uh, Nynaeve agrees yeah. to try to heal their friend. That is Chayad of Stone Rivers, Gaussian, and Bane of the Black Rock Sh Sharad. Um Bane and Chiad are bonded first sisters, which like so I didn't they're like quite understand. Cousins? They're like cousins, yeah, pretty much. And mm -hmm. they're like, "Are you first sisters?" And Nynaeve is like, "She's like my first sister." And then they're like, "Well, that's weird. Why wouldn't she just be your first sister?" There are other ways of doing that. And Nynaeve is like, "It sounds like they want us to sleep with the same man," and I'm not cool with that. Or yeah. Egwene says that, and it's like, okay, that's fair. Which um, I think that's kind of what it is, where it's like they kind of share a man. Is that what? Right, you and they also find that? out that like women who wed the sword, they can have children, but then they like give them away. Yeah, they so they have a child, and then they kind of just like pass them all around, and everybody takes care of them. Right, and it's like a so great it's like honor they all to raise share them. them. Yeah, it's like, and, like it takes a village to raise a child, and but they it take also that very means seriously. Like, the women of the sword do not raise this child; they like give him away because mm -hmm. they are wedded to the sword. Um, and they also talk about like how it's been passed down that like the, their savior is going to be born of one of these women. And that's why mm -hmm. people want to raise them so badly because they may yeah. raise the savior. Newsflash, I don't think they did. Um, so then they, they didn't go raise him. <laughs> no. So then they go down and <laughs> they come to people with like Maiden, Jolien, and Dylan. And Dylan like has a huge, a sword stomach wound saying they were attacked by soldiers, thinking they were bandits. Nynaeve was like, why did you move her? And they were like, she wanted to die by water. And they're all weirded out by this because they don't understand how much the IEL people are weirded out by large bodies of water because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, water is so lacking in their lands. They're from so, the desert, so. Yes. And Elaine says that IEL once served the Aes Sedai, so they will never attack Aes Sedai, even if they bring lightning or balefire down on them. Um so, and Aguin recalls thinking about Balefire and her trip through the Three Arches, but still doesn't know what it is. Nanave heals Dylan, and she uses, like, a very complex magic that Aguin can barely follow. Yeah, it was, well, and does she, is this the point where she uses herbs, too? And they mentioned something like, oh, I didn't know that I said I used herbs. And she's like, yes. well, this one does. This one does. And that's important because, like, five minutes after they leave the Aeolman, like, they're captured by yeah. men who are going to sell them as Aes Sedai. 
um, or like too stupid that like they gave them something that only like helped with headaches and like yeah. made them a little drowsy, but like doesn't put them to sleep. And they thought that they did. Um, so like a queen, well, a queen wakes up once and they like hit her again and then they do it again. And then like Elaine is so hurt that she could die. Mm-hmm. And Nynaeve is like, they took my herbs. I can't do it without the herbs. And Aguina is like, yes, you can. <laughs> She's like, channel. <laughs> Just do what you need to do. And so Nynaeve- So then up- Nynaeve has to like work herself up into a frenzy to be so mad. It- yes. <laughs> so then like they do heal Elaine. They're able to kind of wake her up. Mm-hmm. They, um, Aguina unlocks the- um, the lock open with a tiny flow, but if, mm-hmm. like, but before she does this, fate three fades enter the room. One examines Lan's ring and says that there, are, these are the Sedai he seeks. And when a queen tries to open up the lock, the fade feels it, and then there's a huge battle where Nynaeve unleashes a rod of brilliant light, and they simply ban it. And a queen is like, "Well, that was Balefire. I guess I was wondering, and now I know." And then they're worried about all the people outside, but then they find out that the Aiel followed them, mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, Dylan dies 20 minutes after Nynaeve saved her. And this like makes Nynaeve so mad. Uh, they are led by Ruark, who is a clan chief. Avianda says she followed them. Then she lo- located Karam and Dael and Luane, who are all Aiel people. And they kind of all fought for them. And Ruark sees the ring, uh, like Lan's ring, and he recognizes it as the Malkiri King's ring. He says something need- about, like, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen or something like that. <laughs> right. But they're just like, oh, yeah, isn't that, like, the entire line was killed off except for a baby who was yeah. raised for a sword? Nynaeve is like, give me my ring back. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so then the three girls get horses. The Aiel people just run next to them. And they're like, we, we don't want any of these horses and, like, let them all loose. And so then they go on and they find a new ship to go down and they pay to get to tier. Let's go back to Matt and Tom. They ar- arrive at Erangel at the gray goal. Um, he's glad, like the captain is glad to see them go. Cause Matt ate so much food and he won all his money. Matt admits that he was like throwing food overboard, which shows that Matt is still very immature. Cause he just like, didn't want the guy to have it, but then he sees Stupid. like kids starving and he does feel remorse for that. Um, also, he read Elaine's letter. Yes, he like opens it, reads it, and is like, "I guess this is nothing." And then reseals it. He thinks that the killers are after him because of Elaine's letter. Yeah, which is uh, so <laughs> it's so dumb. People are misguided him all like, the time. Like, you blew the horn. You're in danger. And he's like, "I don't think I'm in danger." Um, he keeps got to be this autograph. He like they can't find an inn. He wins like the right to stay in the stable with Tom, and then this woman comes in. And then she's attacked, and it, you find out that it's Aludra, the mistress of the Illuminator chapter house in Kyrene, mm-hmm. which was where Rand exploded everything. Yeah. And you find out she was kicked out because of this. Mm-hmm. And now she's, like, trying to sell fireworks, and people are saying, like, well, you you were never supposed to f- sell fireworks like that. And she's like, well, I have to make a living, and you guys, like, I'm not doing it because I'm not breaking any rules because you kicked me out. So mm-hmm. all of that happens. Sorry for the dogs in the background, everyone. I'm guessing someone they haven't seen for half an hour came in and upset them. Matt, like, helps 
kill all these men who are after her. And she gives them a bunch of fireworks as a thank you. Yeah. And then Matt is like, we should, we should leave before these men wake up. And as they're waking up, like Matt and Tom are still packing up things. To leave. I know. <laughs> it's just like, this is going to be the weirdest scene I've ever read. Like uh, they're just like, Ugh. and Matt's like, come on, we better like keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> don't knock them out again. They might just chase after us. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> it jumps over to Perrin. Uh, they arrive in Ilion and like, Zoraine is still following them and Faley. I guess I'll just call her Faley because that's what this website calls her the entire time. Uh, and she's Can like, I just I wanna- say that she and she has like this weird, like, be mean to the boy I have a crush on thing. Gosh. Also, she does this thing that happens on Gilmore Girls where Rory Gilmore, when she's trying to be a good reporter, which newsflash, she is not. And she's going to look into the secret society, like walks up to this man she thinks is involved in the society. And she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to follow you because you're going to show me something. And I'm going to follow yep. you here. And I'm going to follow you there. And I'm going to follow you everywhere. And it's just like, if you are trying to do a secret report of this, why? Why would right. you be doing this? Like, right. don't announce yourself. But that's not. And that's what she does right away. She's, she just tells Perrin, like, I'm following you everywhere. Right. So that happens. Uh, and so Maureen is like, so mad that Faley is going to follow them. And she's like, fine, but you have to give the, you have to like swear on your hunter's oath that you can't ask questions. You can't do anything. you like, you will keep secrets. And like, if not, I will make sure you stay here and yep. like, until I come back and let you go. And Faley's like, okay. And then Moraine's like, now she's your responsibility. And Perrin's mad because he's like, no, because that means she's the Falcon that men told me about. And I hate knowing these things, but that's how it is. So they, like, go into Ilian. Loyal's super nervous about running into another Ogier from his studying. He, like, and then he's, like, also asking, why does Maureen want me around? And he's like, oh, I guess I, like, I could help her through the ways. And Faley is, like, overhearing. And then Maureen and Liam are like, something's wrong with the city. This is not good. They go into an inn. They're kind of just sitting there and hanging out. And then... Like Maureen is saying as uh, Mistress Mari, because that's her name there. Yeah, she's, her and Lan have some kind of alias. Right. And they find out that like a bunch of people are having weird dreams, which like leaves Maureen shaken. She asks about a ship to tear. Nieda, like the person at the end, replies that there are none. There's talk of war and the Council of Nine is banned travel to tear. And then there's like rumors of an army looking north to Marundi. And then she comments that she has to do something tonight and like she's like afraid or something and then loyal finds out that like some ogiers were doing work there and then left the work unfinished which just shouldn't happen because ogiers don't do that mm-hmm. so a lot of weird stuff is happening here and then all of a sudden parent smells the same stink he kept smelling and six yep. gray men attack parent and like he knows this because everyone is trying to like fight them off and they're only coming after parent who has no weapon at the moment and right. he's very frustrated by it after that, Lan and Maureen are like, how did you sense them? And he's like, I could smell them. And then Maureen is like, parent seems really important. And she goes out into the night and she's like, Lan, you have to stay here. And Lan is like, I don't want to go. And she's like, too bad. <laughs> uh, and so Lan then asks Perrin to like, go help him search for more people outside. And Perrin's like, weirdly complimented by this. But then Lan is also like, loyal, Faley, you come too. And they're like, why yeah. us? <laughs> And parents like, well, they seem a little useless, but okay. And so they kind of go around. They don't see anything. But um, then parent finds footprints and 
Lan realizes that these are dark hounds that haven't been about since the Trolloc War- yeah, they Wars. They leave footprints in stone. They don't leave footprints on like dirt. And then Lan uses this as an excuse to go find Maureen because he's like, well, I have to tell her this. So even though she ordered me not to go, I could tell her about this. I know. <laughs> This is so random. I don't understand. So then Perrin has several dreams. Um, he sees like a tall slender man in richly embroidered coat and boots with gold fringe, shining like the sun, laughing triumphantly. Sometimes the man sat on the throne. Uh, he also sees, um, sees Matt, Matt rattling dice. a dice cup and he's playing against Balsamon. And Perrin's yeah. like screaming at him like, don't play against Balsamon. And then Not he sees him. a queen, Nynaeve, and Elaine in a huge metal cage. And then he sees Hopper. Hopper warns him of danger. Heron doesn't understand and then Hopper showed like he asked why he got to see Balsamon and Lanfear mm-hmm. and Lanfear Hopper calls them Heartfang and Moonhunter and then answers that the last hunt is coming then he tells him about the gray man and the dark hound and Hopper tells him to flee and knocks him off a cliff. Perrin wakes and he finds Faley in his room. Maureen enters looking pale and tells them that the forsaken are loose and one rules Ilion. And she says, Samael's an Ilion. They have to run right now because she thinks that, that he was the one who sent the dark hound after her. The gray men, she doesn't think were after her. And she doesn't think that he would have sent two groups to hurt this group mm-hmm. of people. So they don't know who the gray men is being like who the gray men are being sent by. But they run. Perrin blurts out that Rand is the dragon reborn in front of Faley <laughs> and Nieta, like an idiot. And Maureen like swears them both the secrecy and tells Faley, like, she yeah, now you don't get to turn back. So yeah, then they ride with north. us now. <laughs> then they find out like dark hounds are pursuing them. They decide to kill them. And Perrin kills one and Maureen bail fires the rest, which mm-hmm. is how this website says it. And that makes me laugh. <laughs> she just bail fires them all. And so then I mean, that's what happens. Right. She says that like, this was likely all that he sent, but they need to keep moving. And Maureen says that they are not Sam Samael's main quarry. And Perrin asks if it's Rand. She says perhaps it's Matt since he's also Tavern and he blew the horn of Valier. And Valier is like, what? Because um, this girl is like, that's what so she's much. after. <laughs> yeah. And so she was just put on this journey for no reason. But then it like cu- cuts back to Matt. He tries to, he like, uh, cuts up one of the firecrackers when he's inside and Tom like yells at him uh, and then like these people come to their campfire and they all attack and Matt and Tom kill them except for the woman who's with them and Matt thinks like oh you know it's not her fault we'll have her arrested because women and you know patriarchy and Tom just murders her <laughs> like, he's like no she had a decker you idiot women can be killers too stop being distracted by a pretty face um, well, I asked her to dance if she didn't have a dagger trying to kill me. <laughs> and Matt is still like, oh God, this is all over a letter. So, <laughs> so dumb. All it so says dumb. Is I'm leaving, Mom. <laughs> yes, over this letter, Matt. So Matt arrives in Cameland. They go back to the old place they were at, or like Tom goes. But first, Matt tries to get into the castle he accidentally first says i have a letter from tarvalon and they're like well if you don't it's have it's funny that the way he gets into he just like climbs over the wall oh like ran did and i was like this place is not very secure this is like come on security well, nightmare also he runs into one of the soldiers and he's like i have like elaine sent a letter and he's like how did you get in here and he's like quiet he's like that dang wall and it's like yes the wall why is no one watching it my gosh but like when he first tries to get in there's like a guy who won't let him in because he said it was from Tarvalon and he keeps trying to say it's from Elaine uh-huh. and he can't do it. So then he goes to the Queen's Blessing where he thinks everyone will remember him and no one does. 
<laughs> right. Um, besides the like innkeeper. So then Matt is like, well, I've been lucky. I'll climb over the wall. So he climbs over the wall and he hears people um, talking about how they want to kill Elaine. And one is named Komar. And he like hears them through a window, but he can't look up because there are soldiers walking around. And like, it's a man with a deep voice saying like, you must kill Elaine. Like, just let her vanish. This will help like get Tarvalon, you know. And the great master is concerned that one in tear is too impatient about getting Kalendor and might try to use Elaine for his own benefits. Um, Komar is like really worried about finding her. They traced a ship, but then they left and they just, there's no trace of them. Uh, Matt is able to look over the arch and sees Komar based on his voice because it's like high pitch, but he doesn't see the other guy. Then he runs into guardsman Lieutenant Talonvor, who takes him before Morgase, and he's like, wow, she's so pretty. I wish I could dance with her. What are you saying? She's a queen. But she's attended by a name, a man named Gabriel. Gabriel. And when Gabriel talks, Matt realizes that this was the great master who was talking to Komar, mm-hmm. and he is dangerous and wants to kill him, but he like can't tell Morgase that in front of this man. And so um, he... Matt lies and says says he's from Comfrey and was at the White Tower visiting Elsie like as a way to not tell them where he's from because he thinks that mm-hmm. will be suspicious. And then they tell him that he needs to take a message back to Elaine that she misses her quiet talks with Shiriam in her study and like you know she like Morgays understands why Elaine might choose to stay or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And this upsets Comfrey, but or this upsets uh, Gabriel, Gabriel, but Gabriel gives him like a huge sack of money to um, go back and give this letter to her. Uh, and then Gabriel begins pushing more gays to use her ma- marriage to Terengel to Madrid, who was her prior husband to claim the mm-hmm. sun throne. Um, and Matt is like, I don't trust that guy. So then Talonvor escapes, escorts Matt to the main gate, which I was wondering why, like what, why didn't Matt tell him in this part? Like this guy seems trustworthy. Why didn't you ask him like, Hey, do you like that? And he even asked like, are you there for Gabriel? And he's like, no, I serve the queen. And that's like, seems like a good moment to like slip in. Hey, I think he wants to murder her daughter. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. It kind of reminds me of in Lord of the Rings and two towers when uh, you've got the king who's being fed all this misinformation and nobody really says anything yeah <laughs> they kind of just let it happen but so he like goes back and asks the innkeeper about gabriel he's like not a huge fan he says that he came last winter either from the two rivers or the mountains he came while morgaze was still in tarvalon he restored order because there was like a ton of war- unrest and morgaze returned she was so pleased with him that she like replaced him with elida who was her former isodai um and then he kind of asked him about Lord Kamar, and he was like, yeah, he was a leader in the Queen's Guard till he was accused of using weighted dice. Gil says he can't start a rumor about the day. Da- oh, and then, um, like, Matt tells them that Elaine is in danger because of Gabriel, and Gil says mm-hmm. he can start a rumor about the danger by telling Gilda the maid, um, because, she, like, she told everyone about one of his dreams. I'm like, oh, no, he's in danger because, like, everyone was having those dreams. So what if it mm-hmm. does lead back to him? Because he was like, oh, yeah, someone, I told her about my dreams. And then everyone said they were having that dream. And I'm like, no, people were having that dream. (laughs) Like, you are in danger. She might make it lead back to you. But he, like, is pretty trustworthy. And then Tom says, like, uh, Matt asks Tom, like, are you concerned about more gays? And he's like, well, of course, like, I, you know, will always cherish her but i don't i'm not passionate mm-hmm. about her so i'm not going to go running to like get into the sky but i will keep following you um and so then they catch a ship 
and Gabriel gives Gil or Matt gives Gabriel's purse to Gil, telling him it is the stakes in a game that Matt that against Gabriel that he would make sure Elaine stayed safe, even though Gabriel didn't know they made a bet at any right. point in time. It was just in Matt's head. Then we jump back to Aguin, Elaine, and Nynaeve. They are in tear. Um, they are calling themselves Jocelyn, Carla, and Miriam, respectively. Aguin is seasick, but Nynaeve is worse. <laughs> um, and they yeah. have started arguing a lot. Like, they cannot agree on anything. Aguin is very upset mm -hmm. with Nynaeve to the point where I was triggered because... We'll get it reminded, there. Yeah, we'll get there. But um, Previous episode, or future episode. Future episode, we will learn all about how Hannah screamed at two friends about her feelings about Nynaeve during this time. Because we're getting a lot of Aguin's experience. But she, we are, this episode is so long anymore. Like, anyway. Keep going. So That's why happens. I said future episode. No, I know. Um, she's also had a lot of more dreams, a lot of repeats. You know, Matt's shouting to her, I am coming, which is the funniest. Like, you, I'm coming, Queen. Like, this man that she has no feelings for. It's just Matt yelling at her, I'm coming. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, is there a TV episode where someone's like, don't watch this without me. Yeah. Like it's someone screaming to not watch a TV show without them. That's kind of what I'm right now. But anyway, they like get there and Nynaeve is like, we can't go to an inn. It's not trustworthy enough. And then Nynaeve looks around for another wisdom like woman like her. And they find Mother Gwenna. Uh, Nynaeve, like they do like a bartering of like the wisdoms and they yeah. both have like good respect for each other. <clears throat> Nynaeve gets a spare bedroom and says that they're looking for thieves. She's like not lying, but she's very manipulative. And then sure. when uh, Gwenna leaves, Egwene uh, uh, says that she's acting a lot like Maureen. And then Elaine hits her. We will discuss that later. Um, but Mother Gwenna brings in Julian Sandar, a thief catcher who is like similar to Huron who will, like, go out and try to find these women that they describe and, like, what they're looking for. And so they're still looking, and they give, like, detailed descriptions. Then it jumps over to Matt. They travel to Tyr. Uh, Matt is still playing with the dice. They go into an inn, and they start searching for all. Like, when he gets there, it's raining, and it's lightning. And he looks over, and mm -hmm. he sees this house with, like, herbs in the window, which, guess what? It's probably M Mother Gwyneth's house. But anyway, they go off to the inns. They try to look... But in one end, he learns of a man, a lord, who keeps winning. And that's, like, really weird that a lord would win against a commoner. Matt walks over, and he realizes it's Komar. He, um, he like, that's him. Komar rolls, and then Matt grabs it before he can switch them out for, like, real die, because he was definitely using loaded die. Matt rolls, and, like, there's a weird, like, feeling in his brain, and he rolls a perfect hand, showing, like, he was mm -hmm. even able to manipulate weighted die. Yep. And then he asks Komar if he's, like, found them yet. And Komar's like, I haven't found them. And then he realizes he knows what's going on. And he's like, who are you? And they fight. Um, Matt flips him. He, like, lands on a table and breaks his back. And then as he's dying, he tells Matt other people are hunting the girls. And so, also Tom has been coughing. Yes, and it's a getting lot. worse, and Matt begins having bad dreams about a man with white hair um, who's, like, out to get Aguine, Elaine, and Nynaeve, and then Moraine, fellow ho holding a blazing crystal sword, and Rand holding the blazing crystal sword. Mm -hmm. So then Perrin is, like, Perrin and all of them are now in tier. Perrin They're looking crew. for Rand. 
Uh, Perrin starts to reach out for the wolves, but he stops himself. He knows it's hot and humid. He's just like, he ends up working for uh, like a blacksmith for a while because mm-hmm. he just misses it. Um, and this guy's time, like impressed with how good he is. Right. He's really impressed. Like, and then he also, he's also like talking to Maureen more and more. And she's kind of like mm-hmm. trusting him more and more. She tells him that like the high Lord Salmon who is in tier is Bilal, who is another forsaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks he will let Rand take Kalendor and then he will take it from Rand so that he can like kind of fight over the dark one. Yeah. Maureen mentions that Ishmael and Lanfear are the strongest of the Forsaken. She asked Loyal and he like what he knows about Bilal. He raised the Hall of Servants just before Luz Theron and his companions sealed the boar. Loyal recalls two Ogier authors also wrote about Bilal. Um, and they said he was envious because he was jealous of Luz Theron. Uh, and then he was called like a net weaver. Bilal and Samael were leaders in the fight against the dark one before they forsook the light. Both were also masters of the sword. Maureen and Lan plan on entering the store. So stone, she says, even the forsaken cannot stand up to Balefire. So she's going to go after them. And Balefire is like not allowed as Aes Sedai. She said she could right. get stilled if they found out she was doing it, but she needs to. Um, Oops, and then you did it too. Lan also, yes, exactly. Lan also mentions he saw Aiel on the rooftops. And then, you know, he, Perrin recalls the Aiel and Remen said that when the stone falls, the Aiel will leave the threefold land. <sighs> Bear with us, guys. Five chapters left. <laughs> um, this is a long book. Um, Nynaeve is like walking through Tear. She spots Ram, but she can't believe it's really him. And then she gets into the house and she like recognizes that she's been really angry with a queen and she kind of like talks about a lot of their stuff that we'll discuss later. Yep. When she gets there, um, Julian is outside and he's nervous. He's like, I found out the 13 women were guests in the high Lord of salmon. Why are you saying these women who like, obviously couldn't be evil are evil. And she's like, don't worry. I'll explain. She goes in and then she sees that mother Gwena is tied up and Leandrin and Rihanna are in there with several soldiers. They cut her off from the true source. They beat her up a ton because she's fighting it, which it was one of the funniest moments where Rihanna like came up and she was like, see child, you need to learn. And Nynaeve punches her in the face. Yes. I was like, okay, I'm a little bit of a fan of Nynaeve right now. <laughs> Cause like, damn, and then she like hits Leandra and she puts up a good fight, but they take them by coach. Um, but, uh, and then like Julie, Leandrin admits she used compulsion on Julian. She makes Gwenna promise to not tell anyone or else she will kill her. And Gwenna's like, okay. And she's like, I couldn't do anything anyway. Um, and then Matt realizes like, well, first Matt realized his um, luck only works if it's random. Like he can't use it to affect outcomes, but he is ra- generally lucky. So he starts looking for them in like different ways. But then Tom gets so sick, he decides to go to a wisdom. Um, he meets mother Gwenna shocking and she realizes that um she sounds like the emerald and sea he comments on her accent um and then gwenna replies that she knows two girls that sound like matt they realize that it is a queen and i when he gives when he gives her a description she tells him what happened and like it was only three hours ago so then he takes he asks her to look after tom and he heads to the white crescent and the dice are tumbling inside his head and he decides he has to go save the girls so he ends up going up on the rooftops. He meets Aielman up there who are also mm-hmm. trying to climb in. He sees a man climbing in at that time. And he runs into um, the man who sold out. He runs into Julian. And Julian offers to help rescue them because he thought that he was doing the right thing. And, and he was compulsed to do it. But now he regrets it and he wants to help save the girls. So they're going in 
flashback to Perrin. Um, Perrin is spending another day working for the blacksmith. He goes in, they discuss like Moraine and Lan are prepared to go into tear into the stone and say they, they have sensed that Rand's there. Um, so, and cause many people have started dreaming of Rand and Colindor. Many people are having nightmares. And then um, like they tell them that Perrin and loyal and Faley aren't allowed to go. And Faley is very upset. She like, burst into Maureen's room and then like finds out that like there's a hedgehog like powerful thing in there that bound her into sleep that was meant for Maureen and Maureen was like well too bad for her I gotta go (laughs) and parents like I must help her so he decided and like Maureen says that she's kind of locked in sleep it was a tearing griel um and so Perrin goes into the dream world to help Faley he brings his axe during this time he he was given a hammer by the blacksmith who really liked him he searches for her. He finds her a couple of times. And like throughout this time, he ends up losing the hammer, which I am assuming is a theme of him letting go of his past self mm-hmm. to be a new person. Yeah. And he ends up like saving her. She wakes up and she's like, I knew my wolf would come for me because yeah. So anyway, <laughs> to, um, that's, that's the end of parent in this book. I just, that's, I know. Um, a queen wakes up with the cell with Elaine and Nynaeve. They cannot channel um, but they left them with their serpent rings and all their rings and everything. So she really, she still has a, the twisted ring. So she decides to go into the dream world and see if she can channel there because she should be able to. Uh, and even Elaine kind of argue about this, but then they trust her. She goes in and she finds Joya Byrier, like who is one of the 13 Aes Sedai who got away from everything. And, oh, at this time they also threatened that 13 Aes Sedai and 13 Murdral are coming, which means that they will still these women. So that mm-hmm. like all the girls are very afraid of this. She goes in, she hunts down one Aes Sedai and keeps her captured. And then she has one half captured. So then they go, but she goes back into the cell and they can kind of almost hit their power, but not really. And then Matt comes in, he's fighting and battling everyone. He fights like Lord Darlin while Julian guards his back. Um, he is an excellent fighter, but Matt knocks him out. He sees Rand trot across the corridor and doubts it, but like he definitely saw him. Um, he ends up finding the girls. He finds like a, the Aes Sedai woman that Egwene half like trapped in the dream world. And he's like, oh, she looks so harmed. You know, <laughs> Julian is like, no, she's one of the bad ones. So they open up this cell and find Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine in there and then Nynaeve punches the woman out and then they're able to channel again so they go off it takes a little bit of anger for Nynaeve <laughs> just, just a little bit so then they go off searching for Leandrin shocker they don't find them then all of a sudden it's Rand and Bilal confronts him he calls him Luz Theron and tells him to take Colindor Rand accuses him of caging the three women he confesses surprise then says Luz Theron always puts his heart ahead of power um, and then Ram like battles him. He announces like everything with him, says he's like trying to fight against the Dark One. Um, Bilal tries to give him a chance to say they're allies. He doesn't. He ends up killing him. Oh no, Moraine kills him using Balefire. Yeah. And then Moraine tells Rand it's too soon, but he must take Kalendor now. And then Balsamon comes into the room and tries to take Ransel. Rand feels like he's tearing up, but he grabs Colindor and then Balsamon runs and Rand becomes the hunter. And he runs into the dream world and he's running after them and he sees, you know, Perrin while he's there. 
All of a sudden, Balsamon calls on the Dark One to aid him, and the shadow swells, but Brand uses it to sever all the wires. Balsamon dwindles and grows larger at the same time, and there's a huge fight, and Brand stabs him through the chest with Colindor, and the shadow vanishes. Suddenly, they're both back in the real world. Balsamon's body has a hole burned through it. Um, The fighting resumes, but Rand thinks he's killed the Dark One and won Tarman Gaiden. He brings down lightning with Colindor and commands the fighting to stop and claims the title of Dragon Reborn. Everyone kneels with him. And then we have the final thing. In the morning, people of Terror wake from dreams of the Dragon Reborn battling Belzamon. And we see Matt for the final time. And he says he's like hitting on IL women who are like, yeah, but yeah. sure thing. <laughs> and Maureen tells him that Perrin is in terror and like there might be some trouble for his companion. And the girls are like, what companion? And she's just like, it, it'll be found out. They find one of the seals that are still intact. Um, she says that like they were hidden during the breaking. She's worried about what's going to happen with them. Uh, Matt asks if he can leave because like it's all over now. And like, they also realize that the Aiel people are the people of the dragon because it says the people of the dragon will fight when mm-hmm. the stone falls. And that's what happened the night before so that they are all part of this. Matt asked if they were people of the dragon. She was like, maybe, maybe not. You just don't know. <laughs> but she does say that they're all a fool if they think the dark one is actually dead because he would not leave a human body. And this is where she identifies that they think Balsamon might well have just been Ishmael who was using a false name mm-hmm. to make himself the dark one. But there's still nine Forsaken Loose. Uh, and then a beautiful woman comes in and eyes wreck with interest and gives a parchment to Moraine. And she has falcon or she has hawks on her lapels, doesn't she? Yes. Yes. Um, and she says that she is Baralane, the first of mine. Uh, and she like brings a letter asking Rand to dine with her. And she says that she might want to dine with Ruck later. Um, and then Maureen reads the message aloud and it says, Luz Theron was mine. He is mine and he will be mine forever. I give him into your charge to keep for me until I come. And it is signed by Lanfear. Maureen reminds Matt that he is Tavern and well as the sound of the horn of Valir that he can't just walk away, you know. And Matt says he really plans to leave as soon as Thomas fit to travel because he doesn't care. And he hopes Perrin comes with him. And that is the end of the novel. I don't think we have too much to say just because that was so long. We apologize. I've been really quiet just because I've been trying to let you get through it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I wish there were a shorter way to do this, but I'm not sure there is. I don't think there is either. Ideas. Um, we apologize. Like, again, we're going to talk more about everything in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. This is just a big, like, mouthful of things right, that we're right, talking right. about and a ton happens in this book like so much happens in this book this is one of the most in-depth books ever guys there are funny parts they're not funny parts we know that who the hawk and the falcon are now yeah. yada yada so yada we already know who's lovers are maureen keeps threatening to leave sooner or later she is gonna leave and lamb's gonna have to go to the mm-hmm. green Aja, you know all that stuff but i can't wait i mean i really liked this novel people haven't read it this is the best of the three so far I like that they keep getting better and better. Agreed. Agreed. So, and we both love that Rand was not involved in this. (laughs) I just think it's a better book when he's not in it as much. So much better to just know he's going somewhere and they have to meet him there. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like the person who's like running a marathon and it's like, you seem to be sprinting these first two miles. I'll meet you later. (laughs) You head out. I'll meet you when you're tired and we'll all finish together. So... (laughs) Right. 
this was a mouthful. I can't believe this much happened in this book. It is a crazy. Nynaeve punches people in the face. It's the most I've liked Nynaeve ever. Elaine slaps people. Elaine slaps people who didn't deserve it. Loyal and Perrin catch fish, but not as well as Maureen. I, oh, yeah. I forgot about Maureen catching fish. <laughs> and she's like, like this? And she just They're like, it's really hard. You can't do it. And she's like, you mean these 12 fish over here that I caught? Loyal has a job now. He's writing a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are happening, people. Yeah. I will try better next time to have like shorter notes, but <laughs> I don't know how. These are long books. So they're long it's, books. The audiobooks, I think, are like 40 hours. So yes. it's I mean, difficult to get 40 hours down into one. Laura and I once tossed around doing like Laura's tossed this around. I was less, I was more ambivalent to it, but she tossed around maybe splitting up plot episodes into two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see doing like two thirds of it and then a, the last third and then like themes we see and then men and women I guess we could do something mm-hmm. like that where like the women is the wrap-up episode I guess people dm us at us if you think we should yeah, let us it. know if you if, would rather listen to like two episodes on plot where like we talk about themes in one of them but not for yeah. as long just yeah. let us know um please remember to rate review and subscribe uh, that's OWWR pod on all social platforms. You can email us at gmail.com on that. Just anything you want to reach out to us and rating, reviewing and subscribing is important because it helps us get out to other people in the community. And yeah. just remember, have a good day. And on Wednesdays, we read. Bye. Bye. Bye.